106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. The Democrats' five biggest lies of 2019. Here we go. Lie number five, Jesse Smollett's hoax hate crime. The Democrats rushed to believe Jesse Smollett when he claimed he was attacked at 2 a.m. in downtown Chicago by two men wearing mega hats. Turns out the whole thing was a hoax. He'd actually paid two actors he knew to stage the attack and put a fake noose around his neck, ostensibly for publicity because he was not happy with his salary on the TV show Empire. But the Democrats, they did not wait for the facts before they rushed to condemn all Trump supporters and mega hat wearers as racists based on a horrible lie. Lie number four, the Covington Catholic kids. The Democrats immediately condemned Nicholas Sandman and his classmates from Covington Catholic High School after the mainstream media reported that white high school boys wearing mega hats had bullied and harassed a Native American elder. Democrats said the so-called smirk on Sandman's face during the encounter was punchable and said his white face was a future Brock Turner. Turns out the Covington Catholic kids did not harass the Native American man. Video proved it was the other way around. The Native American activist and black Hebrew Israelites harassed the boys and maturely the boys did not respond. But that did not stop the Democrats from demonizing the boys because they are white and wore mega hats based on a lie. You might be detecting a theme in these Democrat lies, which brings us to lie number three, Brett Kavanaugh. The Democrats ditched the presumption of innocence until proven guilty and jumped so hard on the Believe All Women bandwagon that they tried to ruin the life of a man like Brett Kavanaugh based on frivolous, unsubstantiated allegations of sexual assault that were directly contradicted by historical record and witnesses. That didn't matter to the left when the Supreme Court is on the line and Roe v. Wade is in the crosshairs. The Democrats lied to the American people about Brett Kavanaugh, perpetuating a lie about gang rape from a porn star's now-jailed attorney, all in an effort to keep their abortion agenda safe. Lie number two, Russiagate and the Mueller report. For two and a half years, the Democrats lied to the American people, told us there was proof that President Trump and his campaign colluded with the Russians to rig the election and defeat Hillary Clinton in 2016. Adam Schiff himself said he had proof in his hand. But turns out after two years of the special counsel investigation, Robert Mueller's report and his testimony to Congress proved otherwise. There was no collusion, no conspiracy, and no proof of a crime of obstruction of justice. The Democrats were lying all along. Lie number one, Ukraine and impeachment. There was no quid pro quo. The Democrats have spent the last four months lying. But we've seen the transcript of the phone call between President Trump and Ukrainian President Zelensky, and there is no quid pro quo. And no other so-called corroborating witness has been able to confirm anything illegal. In fact, Gordon Sondland said President Trump told him no quid pro quo. And yet Adam Schiff refuses to allow the original whistleblower who made the complaint, based on secondhand water cooler gossip, testify to Congress anyway. And yet the Democrats told this lie so often that they believed it themselves, and so House Democrats impeached President Trump over a lie. But as the Democrats will soon find out, the American people did not fall for that lie. These are the Democrats' five biggest lies of 2019. 
Who in their right mind would trust the Democrats in 2020 after all this? Looking back at 2019, here's five things California conservatives can be happy about. I'm Randy Thomason with your SaveCalifornia.com Minute. One, In God We Trust started going on police vehicles in Kern County. Two, a half dozen radical LGBT bills were stopped when they got pushback from the establishment. Three, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is being restored by new constitutional judges who follow the law instead of making things up. Four, pro-family Californians have several opportunities to win in next year's elections. Lastly, SaveCalifornia.com is celebrating 20 years of serving you and your family. And this new year, I invite you to be informed. Please sign up for Insider News for free at SaveCalifornia.com. Fighting the good fight for your values in California. Well, good day to you. This is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. And this is the first broadcast of 2000 and 2020, right? 2020, 2020. I was thinking the other day that uh, once upon a time, as I was going along in years, I just never thought that far ahead to a number that was so unique sounding and looking as 2020. So um, glad to be here in January of 2020. And uh, this is our 40th broadcast, or some like to call it a podcast of 2000, uh, 2019. We started uh, doing a podcast. And so this is our first one, number 40 of all our podcasts, and uh, you should be listening to this on January 4 or later. You can listen to other podcasts uh, from your uh, podcast source, or you can go directly to our website at uh, nohostagesradio.com, nohostagesradio.com, where you could listen to all those podcasts at your convenience off the uh, website, and you can look at some articles. If you like to read, you can read some articles uh, that are uh, – we're broadcasting out of California, so a lot of them focus on California, but a lot of them are uh, national-themed. And so – or there are things that are fighting – we're fighting locally in Northern California that probably wherever you're listening from, you're going to fight at some point. So you might find some to be interesting. Uh, You can also look at them at territorialdispatch.biz. That's where the articles actually show up in a hard copy or electronic copy newspaper, territorialdispatch.biz. So we're here. uh, We'll work on this this year in 2020 and do one a week. So 52 podcasts, uh, God willing, is as the Bible suggests, as you say, not presuming we're going to be here uh, for the whole duration, but we'll do our best. And w- our goal is to uh, tell our side of the story 
our perspective of America, the Constitution, uh, freedom, liberty, um, and our perspective. Someone once said, uh, somebody is always influencing somebody. And uh, we talk about, to kids about peer pressure. I've noticed as I've got older and older and older that peer pressure never really does stop. It just starts when you're a youngster. And maybe youngsters are a little bit more uh, influenced by it, but certainly everybody's influenced by somebody. So uh, I decided a few years ago at the uh, encouragement and push of my friends that if somebody's going to be doing some influencing, maybe I better do my, my own influencing. And if you don't like that, the nice thing about America is you don't have to listen to it, Right. And there's like thousands and thousands of podcasts and lots and lots of radio programs, live radio, that you could uh, listen to something you prefer. So I'm really not trying to convince people that are settled in their way of life and, and hate what I say. Sometimes I get some nasty grams and I'm okay with that. Uh, but I often wonder why they would want to listen to some something that was kind of salt in their eye. But, uh, hey, it's a free world, or it's a free country, and some of the world is free. And so do what you will, and uh, we'll just head out here. So if you want to reach me, you can uh, email me at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com, lou at nohostagesradio.com, or you can text me at 530 Three eight five three zero seven one three one eight and three eight. Um, I like to start off by going over a couple things that kind of caught my attention. I saw, you know, how you see these photos of people with uh, signs, protest signs, <clears throat> and one of them said, "Impeach Trump before we all have to get jobs." I thought, you know, that's kind of getting more closer to the truth than we've been listening to for the last three years. Impeach Trump before we all have to go get a job. Um, another one, it says, why would you invite people into this country whose religion says that they must kill you? I think that's something to think about. Why would you invite people into this country or welcome them? whose religion says they must kill you. Now, the only religion that says that is the religion of Islam. And uh, Obama, and we're going to cover a story that the recent attack on our embassies in Iraq and Iran uh, was led by a fellow who Obama befriended into the White House. He's a terrorist. And we'll cover that a little bit later. But why in the world would you invite people into the country whose religion says they must kill you? And do you remember that um, when President Trump came in and they began to review the uh, close watch list, I call it a closely watched list, of countries where a lot of terrorists were being uh, generated from, uh, he put certain countries on the list, not because they were Muslim, but because People wanted to kill us that were flying here from there. And the uh, the Democrats, of course, uh, and Obama 
um, generated his op- appointees to throw uh, his, his activist judges to throw nail strips legislatively under the tires of the Trump uh, car to he didn't say we couldn't bring people in from those countries. They just it was a closely watched list and they had extra scrutiny. And um, so eventually, after one uh, blockade after another, judicially, the Supreme Court says that the president of the United States has a right to protect the citizens of the United States through sort of unilateral decisions about the borders or immigration. And uh, this isn't anything new with President Donald Trump. The new thing is that people just don't want anything Trump has to offer, even if it's a cure to cancer. Uh, so, uh, and you, one, one of the delightful things, I've just really, the last three years have been a wonderful time for me watching uh, a president really attack things that for many, many years, no matter which party was in power, I wondered, why don't they just address this? And so the fact that black folks and Hispanic people, and people, particularly black young people who had had a very difficult time getting jobs in the United States, without any government rules, new rules, without any government programs that are going to cost us bajillions of dollars, just by uh, reducing regulations and taxes, all of a sudden we have the lowest unemployment rates amongst all demographic groups in the history of the country, as long as we were keeping records, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, females. But I'll tell you, you can really see where the the liberals are coming from because they've never once said a positive thing about that. They've never celebrated that fact uh, after they've claimed for years and years and years that the reason that blacks didn't have jobs was because of Republican racism when the Democrats were the party of slavery all along and the party of the Ku Klux Klan. So uh, why would you invite people into a country whose religion says they must kill you? Every time I see a Muslim, I'm looking at them when I drive around town or walk by them. I'm saying, girl, are you going to try to kill me or guy? Uh, Because their book, even though they want to deny it, says kill them. If they don't follow Islam, kill them. Right. So that's kind of my intro remarks. Uh, I wanted to make a few remarks also, which is very pertinent to Californians. There's all of a sudden a lot of confusion about voting. And certainly and I have an article I'm going to cover later about the DMV and how uh, a complete meltdown and incompetence the DMV uh, is experiencing. <coughs> Sorry, I'm. I'm uh, almost every other person in California is sick right now. I don't know whether it's the cause of shitting on the sidewalk or what, but uh, anyway, I was really bad last week. My apologies, but uh, <clears throat> I thought about not doing the show, but I thought, oh, um, I think I can make it, and I almost didn't, and it was a little rough as it was. But uh, anyway, there's the DMV is barely – if it was a private business, it would go bankrupt, the DMV. It is totally incompetent. The The um, technology is flawed. And it, there's no part of the DMV that's working right except maybe the toilets. 
And so to add voting into the DMV has created a huge lack of confidence. So this, what they called the motor voter uh, legislation a number of years ago, where if you registered to vote, it would automatically, uh, I'm sorry, if you registered your car it would or get a license, it would automatically register your, to you, you to vote if you weren't registered. That's created a lot of problems. And I'll get into the details of those a little bit later. But recently I've had people come to me through Facebook and post uh, photographs of documents they're getting from the DMV saying, hey, uh, you need to choose these one of these parties if you want to vote in the primary. And so it lists the Democrat, the Libertarian, the Green, the something, the something, in, or something. It doesn't list Republican. And they th- and so people's conclusion is they're try they're anti Republican. Well, one of the crazy things about our primary, at least, is that the Republican Party will only allow Republicans to vote for anyone running under their banner. The Democrat Party said, conversely or differently, that anyone could vote for a Democrat. Of all those other groups, like independent, libertarian, all that kind of stuff. All the other groups could all could they they could decide to vote Democrat if they wanted in the primary. That's okay with them. So it's triggered having to send out all these notices. Now some people have said that they went in to to change something about their license or car or something. And they ended up getting their registration changed from Democrat to Republican or Republican to Democrat. People have said they came in uh, to get a license and they weren't a citizen of the United States. They were a Canadian, for example, living down here working on a proper visa. And they had to come in and get a a driver's license. And uh, they got a thing in the mail that they were now registered to vote. And so they reported that honestly and – and what it did, it was it alerted the entire government to the fact that the computer systems are faulty or somebody's faulty down at the DMV. And they found out that thousands and thousands of people were getting registered to vote that shouldn't be registered to vote because they don't belong in this country. They're welcome here to visit but they and to get a license maybe while they're here, but they can't vote. But anyway, let me get back to what I was talking about because we have a vote coming up. In uh, March, I think it's March 3rd or 4th. can't remember which now. So uh, that's the primary. And so if you're registered Republican, you should be fine. If you went in and registered to vote, but you just do, did a decline to state or you're independent, then they're going to send you a notice saying you got to pick between one of these other ones, not Republican. you got to pick through one of these other groups. Uh to get a ballot during March or, or you're not going to have anything to vote for. If you're, if you're registered Republican, you're going to get to vote for the Republican candidates, that, that ballot plank. Got it. So if, if you want to, so if you say, well, I, I, I'm independent and I wanted to vote for whoever was the best person in the primary. Unfortunately, you can't do that in the primary. If you want to vote for a conservative or Republican, you have to be registered Republican. 
Now, this is the another another thing that a lot of people I don't think are going to realize. In in the past, you have to get registered to vote to vote in the election at a certain date ahead of the election. So many days ahead of the election. This year, you're going to get to register to vote right up to the day of the election, and you can actually change your registration at the day of the election at the polling place. So if you're totally confused and you get in there and they say, hey, uh, say if you want to vote for a guy named Sean Foyt, uh, who is running against John Garamendi, Sean Foyt's a Republican, Garamendi's a Democrat. And you get in there and they say, they say, well, uh, what ballot do you want? If you want to vote for a conservative, Sean Foyt, you're going to have to you're going to have to say, I want a Republican. I want to be a Republican for the primary. Right. So uh, but you can make a change if you get in there and they give you a ballot. Did you say, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's Sean Foyt's name? And you look and it's an independent or a Green Party or Libertarian ballot. Then uh, you need to change. And they can this year, at least you can change it right at the polling place and they will give you what they call a provisional ballot and then. They will make an adjustment on your registration. Now, again, the DMV has been making mistakes. And uh, either it's the computers or people or whatever. Some people claim I was a Republican and now they claim I'm a Democrat or I'm a Democrat and now they claim I'm a Republican. So you can the thing is, it can all be changed, even though it's a fiasco. You can go to your uh don't even go to the DMV. Just go over to your uh, county clerk in whatever county you're in. And I've seen them. I've seen these letters from Shasta County and uh, Yuba, Sutter counties. So, but the cool thing is, we're we're fine. There's no reason to panic. You can just go down to your county clerk and just say, "I got this letter, and I just need to make sure how I'm registered to vote." Now, if you want to go on the the Secretary of State, oh, I think it's SOS.gov, you can actually look up your own registration online with your name as it's registered, if you put it in correctly, and I think it probably asks you some identification numbers, like maybe your Social Security and or your driver's license, and then it'll pull up your registration, and you can confirm right online there how you're registered, if it's, a, if it's like you wanted it to be, or if it's been changed. Or if you're just insecure, you want to go talk to somebody, go into the Yuba County here in Yuba County uh, Government Center, or you can go to the Yuba or Sutter County uh, Clerk's Office on Garden Highway or over in Yuba County. It's down on I and uh, 9th Street, and you can just go in and talk to them, and they can pull it up right there. Or whatever county you're in, it's all the same, just different locations for the county clerks. But the, the cool thing is, even though there's a lot of confusion, it's it's it doesn't excuse the incompetence in government, but the bottom line is we still have time to get everybody registered and voting the way they want to vote. Got it? Republican, Democrat, all that other stuff. So uh, then we'll have to sort it out again in the November election. It shouldn't be a big deal in November election because you just can vote for whoever you want. It doesn't matter whether you're a Republican and you want to vote for a Democrat or want to vote for a Libertarian or Independent. If they're on the ballot, Everybody gets to vote for everybody in the in the uh, republic or the, in the uh, November general election. So please uh, just be mindful of how you are registered, 
And particularly, many people have left the Republican Party. Some have left the Democrat Party, and they registered as independent. Well, that really screws you up if you want to vote for one of the two candidates, either the Democratic competition running for president or the Republican competition running for president or any other office like the the dist, uh, Congressional District 3. That would be Garamendi, and there's two or three people. Uh, there's two Republicans running in that race. So it's going to give you an opportunity. So pay attention if you want to, if you want your votes to count, you want your influence to count. Now, please, if you're not registered to vote, please, please, please uh, go register to vote. It, it takes a minute or two. In fact, uh, you can go out to uh, uh, Monty Hecker's Elite Universal Security and he will register you right there. If you don't want to go into a government office, take all that time. It's actually probably faster uh, to go to uh, Elite Universal Security at 5548 Federal Boulevard in Yuba County. If you want to go there, if you're in Sutter, just go over to the county clerk's office, 5548 Federal Boulevard in Yuba County. And they'll register you night or day over there. And uh, and then you could also sign the recall uh, Gavin Newsom petition as well. We're still trying to get uh, enough si- good signatures to get on the ballot and recall and get a chance to vote on recalling the governor. So uh, we've come to the end of our first segment here, and we're going to just take a, a brief cl- uh, break, and um, we'll be right back. And I'm just going to cool down my throat, and uh, we'll go at it again for another 20 minutes. Hold on. Once upon a time, there was a Chinese farmer who uh, lost a horse, ran away. And all the neighbors came round that evening and said, that's too bad. And he said, maybe. The next day, the horse came back and brought seven wild horses with it. And all the neighbors came around and said, why, that's great, isn't it? And he said, maybe. The next day, his son was attempting to tame one of these horses and was riding it and was thrown and broke his leg. And all the neighbors came round in the evening and said, well, that's too bad, isn't it? And the farmer said, maybe. And the next day, the conscription officers came around looking for people for the army. And they rejected his son because he had a broken leg. And all the neighbors came round that evening and said, isn't that wonderful? And he said, maybe. The whole process of nature is an integrated process of immense complexity and it is really impossible to tell whether anything that happens in it is good or bad because you never know what will be the consequences of a misfortune or You never know what will be the consequences of good fortune. The suspect is deceased and the threat has stopped thanks to the heroic actions of those two service members, uh, parishioners at the church. The citizens who were inside that church 
undoubtedly saved 242 other parishioners. The Associated Press reported this weekend a gunman killed two people during a Texas church service. He was fatally shot within seconds by armed congregants, said state officials, who hailed the state's gun laws that allow weapons in places of worship. The natural and God-given right of self-defense is perfectly summed up by this exposition found in America's fundamental law which regulates all our civil government institutions. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Definitive, bright, unequivocal, and by no stretch of the imagination is the Second Amendment confusing. If anyone is to begin discussing the topic of Americans' right to bear arms, we must understand it has never been the government's responsibility to protect us as individuals. What did you say, Jake? That's right. Courts have even ruled to support the fact that police are not responsible to protect individuals. If you call 911 and no police officer shows up and you or someone you know is vandalized, brutalized, or killed, you have no legal right to sue the police department for negligence. You see, it has always been the people's responsibility to protect themselves. The government's responsibility is to protect the right of the people to protect themselves. The promulgation of emotional ignorance has always been the tool to convince people to give up this right of self-preservation in favor of trusting that criminals will give up their crime and that the government can boundlessly protect you. As seen in every single mass shooting, the government is completely incapable of protecting the citizenry from these kinds of attacks. If the people do not protect themselves, there is no protection. Have you noticed that nearly all gun control laws fight or obstruct innocent people from protecting themselves? This is why state leaders have an obligation to declare any and all federal gun control laws to be null and void, and boldly declare to law-abiding citizens of their states that they will honor and protect the people's right and duty to defend themselves. Now, our forefathers did not arm the American people for the purpose of hunting, but rather to protect themselves from those who were doing the hunting, namely the tyrant King George. The Second Amendment is a primary vouchsafe of our right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and to ensure all the other rights given us by our Creator. George Washington, our first president, said, From the hour the pilgrims landed to the present day, events, occurrences, and tendencies prove that to ensure peace, security, and happiness, the rifle and pistol are equally indispensable. The very atmosphere of firearms everywhere restrains evil interference. They deserve a place of honor with all that is good. This week, as we pray for the families and friends of the deceased at West Freeway Church of Christ, please take an additional moment to give thanks for the law-abiding heroes that saved so many lives. May it challenge us all to follow their example of love. This is Jake McCauley and Dominic McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution bringing you The American View. Are the stars out tonight? I don't know if it's cloudy or All right. Well, I'm just sitting here drinking some Vietnamese coffee today. Maybe you never thought of coffee in Vietnam in, in one swoop, but they are uh, some of the biggest co- They are per capita drink more coffee than, than Americans. And they drink, uh, they are actually, uh, they have a better quality coffee there than we do in America. 
I don't think we grow any coffee in America. I think we have to import it all. They are very proud of their coffee in Vietnam. They grow it in the Central Highlands. And uh, so whenever I go over there, I always bring back maybe, I don't know, 12 or 15 kilos of coffee uh, from up there and give it away as gifts because it is so good. If you're a coffee lover, it's really good stuff. And uh, it's fresh, you know, fresh roasted and fresh picked. And so usually we, we're, when we're traveling through Vietnam, we, if you get to Central Highlands, it's just beautiful up there because there's all these tea plantations, pepper, like uh, black pepper plantations and uh, coffee plantations are all kind of interplanted, the pepper and the coffee. So it's pretty cool. Anyway, I was talking about uh, registering to vote. And uh, the sad thing is people complain about the state of the nation, the state of the state or the state of the county. And yet most of the people don't vote. Um, and a lot of people aren't even registered to vote. And they use the excuse. And it's kind of the uh, I think they're lazy. And the, the thing is, uh, for people that don't like to vote, don't want to vote, are too lazy to vote and don't care about voting, you, you would be much better citizen if you, say, moved to China or Vietnam or Laos or one of the communist countries, Cuba, because they, they prefer that. Because when they have an election, they'll announce, say, 95, 98% people voted for the designated candidate and, uh, they don't really care whether you vote or not. In fact, they're hoping you don't. Uh, but in this country, the way the founders designed the country, it was to uh, that the government would be run by the people, not by government bureaucrats like in a communist country or socialist country. So when you decide to act like a communist, yet let, yet you like the benefits of a capitalist country, uh, you're, you're – um, politically insane you're politically mentally ill so if you if you're behaving like a communist but you want the benefit of a capitalist uh, you need to figure out what country you're going to belong in a lot of supposed communists in this country they don't want to live in a communist country they want all the benefits of a capitalist country and have all the money and they want all the extra food laying around and uh, the freedom of doing whatever they want, but then they want to tell everybody else how they should be communists. That's that's being insane. So uh, anyway, you can get registered to vote, and uh, we could change things around here. In fact, we were talking the other day. Sean Foyt was in town. He's running against John Garamendi, who is a white Obama. If you love Obama, you love John Garamendi, except John's about 20 years older than Obama. John Garamendi, 74 years of age, been in government for 45 years. That's exactly the opposite, not the age issue, but the opposite of what the founding fathers ever intended was that some person, male, female, or whatever, would be in politics for 45 years. <laughs> Should you be engaged in the process? Yeah, but not making a living off the government, off off being in politics. Nobody ever in the early beginnings of this country ever thought that people would be making, would go into politics. Maybe they're a high school football coach or they were a teacher or whatever, or they were something, something, and they were worth about a hundred thousand dollars in assets. And they went in and spent 10, 12, 14, 18 years and walked out being worth five, $10 million. Unbelievable. Totally a ripoff. So uh, so I covered the voting. That's good. 
And um, let me just go on and, and mention about recall Gavin Newsom. People say, why bother recalling Newsom? We may just get another Democrat. Might. We just might. But they recalled Josh Newman down in uh, the uh, Fullerton area after he voted for the road tax. He got he was first time he'd ever been elected to office and became a senator of the state of California. And then he turned right around and voted for the road tax. And people in that area of Fullerton, Orange County, out, you know, Anaheim down in there. They they were used to having conservatives, but they voted this liberal in, and he turned right around and cost them a fortune. So they turned right around and recalled him, and now they have a conservative in there. Now, would we get a conservative? You know, it's amazing to me why people don't want to make any changes because they can't predict the future, right? Uh, well, I don't think Jefferson State will, will ever come to pass, right? Or what What will it be like? Will we have enough money to patch the roads? Just like, honestly, people, it is no wonder that people live in Cuba and uh, have beans and rice every day of their life and don't have any money and uh, it's have no freedom. Because every a lot of people here, nearly a majority of the people here, act so stupid. So why would you recall a governor? Because you don't like the policies of the governor, because this governor is trying to take away every freedom that you have, including guns, free speech, education of your children, where you can go and how you can do it, whether or not you can have a single family dwelling, taxing your water, uh, giving more water to, to fish than people. It's just on and on and on and on and on and on wouldn't allow the forests to be managed. So we have these horrific forest fires, but at the same time, tax our lumber. Every time you buy a stick of lumber, costs you an extra percent. Plus they, up until recently, charged a fire tax on all these parcels. Why? To stop forest fire. Do you think they could stop it? No. Why? Because they didn't manage the forests. This is Gavin Newsom. If you want to know why uh, San Francisco is a shithole, you got to just look at Newsom. He was he was the mayor there for two or three terms. And before that, he was one of the youngest supervisors in the entire United States. So he was on the board of supervisors for a number of terms. Then he became uh, a mayor for a couple of terms. Then he became attorney general under Brown for a couple of terms. You know, people say, well, how can you just blame it on him? By God, they're blaming Trump for everything, right? And he never—he—he—he he was only a politician for three years of his entire life. Oh, it's everything's his fault. The sun's gray, his fault. Sun's blue, his fault. Or the the sky's blue, sky's gray, sky's blue, sky's cloudy. There, uh, it doesn't matter. It's it's Trump's fault. But it comes to Gavin Newsom, who spent his career in politics. Uh, well, I don't know whether you can just blame him for everything. Stop the death penalty. Let let uh, long-term violent criminals out of jail. Just let them go home. All kinds of things. He, he promoted the reduction in penalties for s- stealing. So now people just go in and take stuff right out of Walmart, just carry it right out, say, catch me if you can. If it's under $950, they don't even arrest them. So you can go to RANAF.org, RANAF, 
org, and you can find out where to go sign a petition. If you're in the Yuba Sutter area, you, the easiest way, I just tell people to go out to Elite Universal Security and sign up right there or pick up some petitions. You can download a petition off that website, org. Sign a petition, and you can send it in yourself. You have to be a registered voter, but that's not hard. Just register, then sign. You could do it all at Elite Universal Security at 5548 Federal Boulevard. Since we're talking about then, I'm just going to I'm going to give a pitch for them because they really need some workers. They need some people that aren't tweakers and uh, don't have a bunch of uh, big jacket, as we say over at the jail. They don't have a big jacket that says they you did strong arm robbery and you did home invasions and stuff. They got to have people with a clean record. And they will train you and hire you to be a security guard. Maybe some of you just starting out in life, you're 17, 18 years of age, you think, man, I'd like to be in law enforcement. Well, you could start at 18 by going into their classes at Elite Universal Security and learning some of the things you're going to need to be a deputy or an officer. And at the same time, you could start working in the uh, guard business. So you could check them out. So you could call them up or you could go to their website at api-academy.com, api with a little hyphen, academy.com, or call them up at 530-749-0280. Now, there's a law in, in, in most states, including California, that if you want to carry guns and conceal guns, you've got to go through a course. That's unconstitutional, but in the meantime, excuse me, in the meantime, um, if you don't want to get sideways with the local sheriff's departments, you should go take one of these courses. I'm not going to do it. If I want to conceal a weapon, I'm going to conceal a weapon. Now, I like both sheriffs. I, I consider both of them my friends, Yuba and Sutter County. I like lots of the deputies that I know. Some of them I don't know yet, but I probably would like them. I like the officers that work in the jail. and uh, But I don't agree with the laws. It doesn't mean I don't agree with them. I just don't agree with the laws. The laws are contrary to the Constitution. They're violating the con- The laws are illegal. That's essentially what I'm saying. But but if you say, Lou, I want to I want to I don't want to get arrested. okay? then contact or go make make arrangements to to go to these classes on January 11th and 12th. The 11th is the initial exposed firearms and concealed weapon permit class. And then the next day on January 12th, that's a Sunday, they have range day and uh, where you qualify. And then you get your uh, your little certificate, and then you can just go shoot somebody. Okay, all right. So I'm going to move on here, and and I want to talk a little bit about gun control. Oh, oh, let me say this leading into gun control because I'm going to. I got a great short article by Chris Ann Hall, who was one of my favorite speakers. She's been here to town a number of times. She she was an attorney out of Florida at one time, and then she got kicked to the curb because she was too conservative for the state of Florida. So you can check her out at chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E, hall.com. She'll teach you all about the Constitution, and you can see one lecture after another. She is very, very bright 
and inspirational. I, I watched a clip by her the other day, she and her husband, JC. Unbelievable. They're great people. So I wanted to read this before I get started. This is written by Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Cooper, USMC. He says, if violent crime is to be curbed, it is only the intended victim that can do it. This may twist your thinking a little bit. Let me read that first sentence one more time. Just three or four sentences here. If violent crime is to be curbed, it is only the intended victim that can do it. The felon does not fear the police, and he fears neither judge nor jury. Therefore, what he must be taught to fear is his victim. In other words, what the what the uh, felon must be taught to fear is his victim. That's Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Cooper. Now, Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Cooper is a smart man. And he is helping you understand that, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover more of this in a second. In fact, in a clip that I've included for you today, in fact, we just listened to it. Um, you should be right up with me on this. Uh, Jake McCauley, you just heard him talk about the Constitution. He's another constitutional expert. And you just heard a clip called Guns Save Lives. Now, his pitch, if you remember, Jake's. He said that the original um, founders of our country had no intention of the military or law enforcement protecting you. They're, the reason you have the Second Amendment is for you to defend yourself, not so much against criminals or against a wild animal, but against the wilds of the government. And so the, all the police and the military were going to do is protect your liberty to protect yourself, right? That's totally different from other countries where they are disarmed. Like if you look in Hong Kong, and the only people carrying weapons of all manners, including tanks, are the government, is the government. And everybody else is running around uh, – throwing chunks of stuff they found around town. It's crazy. So let me just say this again. Jake McCauley made the point that I thought was brilliant on his clip. He said that there, that you as an individual citizen are responsible for your own safety. Now check it out. Down in Texas where the, the man went into the Texas congregation and pulled a gun and began to shoot people at random spontaneously – the guy that shot him drew his gun and killed him within a matter of seconds. The average response time down there for the police, they said, was about 15 minutes. There is no way that the police or fire could ever respond faster than you can. So in other words, if you knew CPR and your husband or your spouse, whichever it be, husband or wife, collapses, the fastest person to provide CPR would be you if you have that skill, right? If you wait five minutes for the uh, fire department, they may be dead. Maybe that's the best we got because you don't know how to do it. You don't have any skill. Same way with guns. If you have a uh, an invader at your front door, you can shoot him or her 
in 30 seconds. By the time it takes to grab a gun, draw down on them and shoot them and leave them on the front porch for somebody to pick them up. If you wait for the police, you may or may not ever get them here by the time you're dead. You get it? So the founding fathers said the most efficient way to protect yourself is for you to do it, not the police or the military. What the police or the military do is protect your right to do just that. What the Democrats and or the liberals of this country are saying is we want to take away your right to do that, even if you do get killed. Like in the midst of this Texas shooting, Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg, said he doesn't believe people have the right to take care of their own safety in the privacy of their own church or home or wherever, wherever. But they must wait and suffer the consequences and wait for the police. Totally crazy. Now, I want to give you a little bit of constitutional education here. You can go and you can get this yourself, uh, but I tap into this on my own. So Jake McCauley, who you just got through listening to last break, he has instituteontheconstitution.com. Then he has the YouTube clips called The American View. That's what you just listened to, theamericanview.com. And then as I told you about chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E hall.com. And then there's Hillsdale, Hills, plural, D-A-L-E dot E-D-U. That university is the top university in the United States talking about the Constitution. All right, go and check those out. Now, Chris Ann Hall says, what many citizens and legislators do not understand is that the federal government has no right no right, no right, no right, no right to prevent any law-abiding citizen from owning or possessing any firearm, a cannon, a tank, or whatever, right? A rocket launcher, right? That's They don't have any right, no right to stop any firearm, the federal government. The entire argument for gun control is built on a false premise, The Second Amendment is not about self-defense from criminals. I'll say it again. The the Second Amendment is not about self-defense from criminals. As unpleasant as it may be for this modern society to say out loud, historically and constitutional speaking, the right of the people to keep and bear arms has always been a right to protect yourself from those in power who want to enslave you like Gavin Newsom and Michael Bloomberg and Chuck, Chucky Schumer and Diane or Diane Feinstein and uh, Speaker of the House Pelosi. If America wants to engage in a real factual debate on the right to keep and bear arms, according to Chris Ann Hall, it must be approached from the proper perspective. Now, the the fact is, that's why liberals don't want to look at the Constitution, or once you start bringing it up, they say, well, the Constitution is an old document, and we need to change it. It's, a, it's an organic document that could be changed with the times. No, 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 no. If we want to have America as we know it, we need to have it stay the way it is. But I'm going to pick this up on the back side, I promise, and uh, we're going to listen to... Uh, Ted Cruz right now for just a minute and I'll be right back. Though you may not drive a great big Cadillac 
Christmas came early in Washington for lobbyists. Lobbyists who are bankrupting this country. While you were with your family, while you were shopping for Christmas, the lobbyists were spending and spending. I present to you the massive omnibus bill that Congress is voting on. Tomorrow the Senate will vote on this. 2,313 pages dropped on us the day before yesterday. Nobody's read it. There isn't a person alive who has read this piece of garbage. But it was put together in the dark of the night with Republican leadership and Chuck Schumer cutting a deal. So in this 2,313 pages, what, what is in it? Well, we don't know everything, but here's one thing. It extends the XM Bank, one of the greatest corporate boondoggles, corporate welfare. The lobbyists love it. For seven years, the XM Bank is extended with no vote on it. Number two, buried in here, it raises the tobacco purchasing age to 21. So now our soldiers at age 18, you can be drafted to go into war. You can be sent to the front lines. You can face machine gun fire. But God help you if you want to have a smoke. Did we have a vote on that? Did we have a debate on that? Did someone say, maybe the states could set the tobacco age? Maybe it doesn't have to be the federal government. Nope. No vote. Just a deal in a smoke-filled room forcing that result. What else did it do? It funds government research on gun control. That's right, that's part of this deal, is let's now have the federal government doing research on gun control. Can't you wait from the report from the Center for Disease Control? Mind you, last I checked, exercising your Second Amendment rights is not a virus that the Center for Disease Control should be studying, but now we've got millions of dollars funding bogus studies that are going to be used to try to take away your constitutional rights. What else is in there? Continues the, the tax breaks for so-called renewable energy. Continues all of the corporate subsidies. Just slipped into the night. Big democratic priority. Do we have a vote on that? Do we have a vote on whether to continue them? Nope. Other than this big, giant spending bill. And how much is it? Well, we know it's 2,313 pages, but those pages spend $1.4 trillion. You want to know how you bankrupt a country? You want to know how you get a $23 trillion national debt? You're looking at it. Deals cut in the dead of night. $1.4 trillion. You've probably never seen that while you're looking at it right there. What doesn't it do? Well, here's one of the things it doesn't do. It fails to defund Planned Parenthood. Doesn't deliver on that priority. Doesn't deliver on that promise. It continues taxpayer money going to Planned Parenthood. What else doesn't it do? Well, 
fails to end Obamacare. Doesn't even try. Not part of it at all. Takes care of the insurance companies. Takes care of the lobbyists. But for the millions of people who are struggling to meet their health insurance costs, no help at all. What else does it not do? Fails to expand College 529 savings plans and to expand education freedom. This is a bipartisan idea. This is an idea that passed the House Ways and Means Committee unanimously until the teachers' union got Nancy Pelosi to do a drive-by shooting and strip it out. Hurting parents that have kids with disabilities, hurting kids with disabilities, hurting homeschoolers, hurting millions of public school students who are prevented from using 529 savings plans to pay for tutoring and standardized tests. Doesn't do that at all. It fails to stop sanctuary cities. Nowhere in the 2300 pages is real leadership stopping sanctuary cities. Nowhere to be found. And finally, number 10, it fails to fully fund the wall. How much does it come short? Well, President Trump asked for $8.6 billion to fund the wall. Does it give $8 billion? Does it give $7 billion? Does it give $6,5,4,3,2? No. It gives $1.4 billion. Doesn't come close to fully funding the wall. This is why Washington's corrupt. This is an example of government of the lobbyist, by the lobbyist, and for the lobbyists. And this pile of trash belongs in an ashtray. Used to spend my nights out in a bar room. Liquor was the only love that I'd ever known. All right, so let me continue here with uh, Chris Ann Hall's talk. This is right after the shooting down in Texas. She says, everything we need to know was explained by our founders in the years, just one year, 1787 to 88. Lesson one comes from George Mason. Mason, along with Madison, uh, was it, are re- referred to as the father of the Bill of Rights. George Mason, along with Madison. Seems to me, she said, a good person to listen to when it comes to any portion of the Bill of Rights is someone who is referred to as its father, George Mason. Mason first explains the reason we are to bear arms. And guess what? It has nothing to do with hunting or skeet shooting or fighting muggers. Forty years ago, he said, this is what Mason said, when the resolution of enslaving America was formed in Great Britain, the Parliament was advised by an artful man, Sir William Keith, who was the governor of Pennsylvania at that time. It was it was a uh, they were advised to disarm the people. This is a the guy, the governor of Pennsylvania. And he said to disarm the people, that it was the best and most effectual way to enslave them. You disarm them, you enslave them. This is a founding father writing right here. It's in quotes. But that they should not do it openly, but weaken them and let them sink gradually by totally disusing and neglecting the militia. In quotes here, Mr. Mason quoted sundry passages to this effect. Why should we not provide against the danger of having our militia, our real and natural strength, destroyed? 
The general government ought at the same time to have some such power, but we need not give them power to abolish our militia. In other words, a militia was people like you and me, (coughs) each owning however many or whatever strength of weapon uh, we owned. Uh, We can, we can get. Okay, so I'm going to jump around here. So she says, so Mason explains, we the people (coughs) are the militia who bears arms to keep from being enslaved by the federal government and to protect ourselves from the tyranny of our representatives, like John Garamendi or Gavin Newsom, whose dereliction leads us to suffer the same fate of foreign nations. What is the fate of foreign nations like China, Cuba, Vietnam, Laos, communist nations? They've been defanged by taking away their guns. So she says, lesson two comes from the great patriot Noah Webster. Speaking on the threat of an overpowering central government, Webster further explains with great clarity the reason our founding fathers intended the entire citizenry to be armed with guns. He says, another source of power in government is a military force, but this, to be efficient, must be superior to any force that exists among the people or which they can command. For otherwise, this force would be annihilated on the first exercise of acts of oppression. Before a standing army can rule, the people must be disarmed, he said, as they are in every other kingdom in Europe. The supreme power in America cannot enforce unjust laws. In other words, it he is saying America cannot be what it is today, which right now in Virginia, they are going to use the military to enforce an unjust law. He says we don't want that. He says the supreme power in America cannot enforce unjust laws by the sword because the whole body of the people are armed and constitute a force superior. In other words, the force in the individuals, uh, citizens of America was stronger than the national military. Is that true today? I'm not sure, but it's going to get nasty. He says that the standing army in America, the military, the professional military is not as strong as the individuals. So therefore, They cannot enforce unjust laws because people out there in their log cabin or their lean-to and their gun would just say, go to hell. I'm not going to follow that law. It's unconstitutional. So he says um, a military force at the command of Congress can execute no laws but such as the people perceive to be just and constitutional for they will possess the people will possess the power and jealously will instantly inspire the inclination to resist the execution of a law, which appears to them to be unjust and oppressive. Listen, we have so many laws that are unjust and oppressive. It is. If you just took the gun laws, every single gun law is unjust and impressive. Now, Here's what Noah Webster says. Uh, He goes on to say, he says, why he asks a question, or actually, in this case, Chris Ann Hall asks the questions. Why do we bear arms according to Noah Webster's understanding? Number one, to prevent rule by a standing army. In other words, we don't want to be ruled over by the U.S. Army. 
or the U.S. Navy or the U.S. Air Force, right? Or the Navy SEALs. We don't want to be ruled over by them. That's not their purpose. Their purpose was to guarantee our freedom to to take care of our own safety. Number two, Noah Webster felt to prevent Congress from executing unjust and unconstitutional laws. That's happening every single day. You know, there's a guy that wrote a book. There's a book out called Three Felonies a Day. You know what the point of the book is? That every American is, without even knowing it, committing at least three felonies every single day. Why? Because the federal government (coughs) is repeatedly and routinely passing law after law after law after law after law and infringing on our freedom. Number three, to prevent the federal government from becoming unjust and oppressive. Number four, the people bearing arms should be superior to any army controlled by Congress. Listen, you know how what kind of firepower our president is creating in our military. I don't have no jet plane over here in Marysville backing me up. And so we need to get with it and buy some weapons. And if you need to drive over to Nevada or Idaho to get them, Californians, and I'll tell you, I am not going to register any weapon. I'm not registering no ammo. I'm not filling out any forms for any ammo. Uh, I'm going to buy bootleg ammo, and I'm going to buy bootleg uh, weapons. And why? Because it's my right to do that under the Constitution. And it's, it's illegal and a violation of the Constitution, and it's oppression by the government to tell me otherwise. You see that? I'm just not some nutcase on acid or flipped out or have lost my mind or some, like, <coughs> conspiracy theorist. I'm an American. I'm an American. And I am following the Constitution that thousands and hundreds of thousands of people who've died for to protect that Constitution and my freedoms. And I have a freedom to pack all the weapons I want, buy all the ammo I want, buy a warehouse, stock it full, park a tank in there, get a rocket launcher, buy a, buy a box of grenades, the whole thing, anything I want, without any permission from anybody. You get it? If you think that's weird, you 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 need to move to another country because you... You have no idea the rights that you possess. You want to be enslaved. It's amazing to me how easily people are enslaved. Now, Chris Ann Hall says, <clears throat> lesson number three about the Constitution comes from another guy named Richard Henry Lee, who wrote the resolution of de- declaring the independence from England. Lee says, whereas to preserve liberty is is essential that the whole body of people always, 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 always possess arms and be taught alike, especially when young, five-year-olds, I'm throwing that in the number, especially when young, how to use them. Nor does it follow from this that all promiscuously must go into acting uh, actual service on every occasion. The mind that aims at a select militia must be influenced by a truly anti-Republican principle. And when we see many men disposed to practice upon it, whenever they can't prevail, no wonder true Republicans are for carefully guarding against it. He's saying that everybody, we do not want a standing army ruling over us. We want an armed citizenry that is more powerful than the standing army. Cause if they try a governor tries to use a standing army, like 
Governor Northam of Virginia is trying to do, the people will kill the standing army and kill Northam as well. In fact, I'm waiting for him to get shot because we need that. We need somebody to be killed back there and see that people are willing to, to die for these causes because nobody seems interesting interested in standing for anything nowadays. And they're just letting people run roughshod and create a communist country here. And I'm not going to go for it myself. So it's up to you. And that's why I do this podcast to somehow impart a little courage once in a while, maybe to some y'all. Uh, now, let's see here. The, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on from this. Uh, the, okay. Let, let's, you know Patrick Henry, right? This is so interesting that Patrick Henry out of Virginia at the Virginia Ratifying Convention. This is set in 1788, June 5. Check this out. See if this doesn't just blow your hair back. Most of you can't even hang with this. You're not really even American. You're some kind of pervert. You're some kind of a, a weird mutation. He says, Patrick Henry says, Oh, sir, exclamation point. We should have five times indeed if to punish tyrants, it were only sufficient to assemble. Uh, sorry, he said, we should have fine times, indeed, if to punish tyrants. It would only sufficient to assemble the people. In other words, he's saying, hey, sure. He said, do you think we can just assemble the people and a tyrant is going to get freaked out about it? You think, you think uh, Go Governor Northern or Governor uh, Newsom is going to care about 15,000, 5,000, 8,000 people assembling. They don't care. You go down there packing M-15s. You go pack it or, or whatever, whatever type of automatic weapon you want to bring down, then that's going to say something. He says, Patrick Henry says, your arms wherewith you could defend yourselves are gone. Did you ever, he, then he goes on to say, did you ever read of any revolution in a nation brought about by the punishment of those in power? inflicted by those who had no power at all have you ever seen anybody go up do you remember when they went up to tiananmen square in 1989 against the chinese how they did with no arms they ran over them with tanks and hit them with flamethrowers killed thousands of people young people scooped them up never heard from them again patrick henry says you you read of a riot in a country which is called by one of the freest in the world where a few neighbors cannot assemble without the risk of being shot by a hired soldiery, the engines of despotism. He says, we may see such an act in America. He's talking about today. We may see such an act in America that people get all pissed off and go to Washington. We've had a half million people standing out in front of that Capitol, and, and we're still murdering babies. He said, these guys are saying, Madison, Mason, uh, Patrick Henry, you know what they're saying? They're saying nobody's going to pay attention to the citizenry unless you pack a gun and shoot, shoot them. That's exactly what they're saying. Read it for yourself. Why, why haven't you read this stuff? Because you weren't taught it in school. Neither was I. They, they touched on a couple things back in the 60s anymore. They don't teach us stuff. Why? They don't want you to know it because they don't want us to have the rules we have. It's too darn radical for them.
Chris Ann Hall says, if society is honest and historically accurate, the only question that has any relevance to the gun control debate is, do you trust those in government now and forever in the future to not take your life, liberty, or property through the force of government? Think about that. Do you trust those in government now and forever in the future to not take your life, liberty, or property through the force of government? That is why you have guns. When you think of the Hammond family and the the Bundy families and hundreds and hundreds of other farm and rancher families that have been arrested, their property has been taken from them, their assets, their animals have been taken from them, their herds of cattle and horses. They've been ripped off by the government of our United States. And people's property have been taken from the left and right. People, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, has come in and says, you can't have that watering pond to water um, animals on your property. So now we're going to fine you millions of dollars. And so since you can't pay it, we're going to take everything. We're going to take your property. We're going to take everything. We'll just come and take it. Congress didn't make that law. That was just some bureaucrat uh, thinking that he's he's going to take over the take take over the world and rewild everything. People are getting their property taken now. People have their life taken now. Lots of people that I know that have committed that have locked up over here and take plea deals. You know why they take a plea deal? Because even though they didn't maybe do the crime that they're being accused of, some of the crimes. They're so afraid that if they lose the case because they can't afford an attorney and they use a public defender, they're so afraid to lose the case, they're, they're, they're saying, if you go to trial, we're going to give you 20 years, and if you take a plea deal, we'll give you two and a half. What do you think you'd take? You think the government isn't taking away your life, your liberty, your property? It's happening. It's happening. Did you know that this last year, it used to be the average amount of laws, number of laws that California would actually pass each year? Just think of this. If each year, just say if each year we pass a thousand laws in the, st- in the state of California, and say you live 70 years, that means in 70 years they would have passed from the time you were a baby born 70,000 laws in just your lifetime, 70 years, each year, a thousand new laws, 70,000 laws. So does that mean that there was chaos and, uh, we, the, the, uh, society was out of control. It took 70,000 laws for the state of California to keep things under control. No, it's just total people totally out of their minds. And so this year, in uh, 2019, they passed 12, almost 1,200 new laws that Gavin Newsom signed. Uh, most of them taking effect yesterday, or for you, January 1. Let me just cover some of them. Do you know that? I think I might have touched on this last week, that over 60,000, I wrote an article in the Territorial Dispatch, you can read right now, territorialdispatch.biz, or you can go to my website at uh, nohostagesradio.com, you can read all about it, and uh, 
that over uh, almost 400,000 background checks have had to be done for people wanting to buy some ammunition. And uh, of those 60-some thousand uh, people were rejected from just buying some ammunition. And not because they were criminal, but because they couldn't match up people's information on the computers. And part of the reason is that the government can't keep up with putting in people's information fast enough. And, you know, if you move, then it screws up your information because it's not accurate. Because if you move from 8th Street to 53rd Street, then you're not the same person. Or if you have an initial in your name and you leave it off in one affidavit and add it in another one or spell out your middle name in another one, you don't match up. So if you go in to buy 22 shells because you want to go target practicing with your niece, but you're going to borrow the 22 caliber rifle. And so when they pull your name up to buy the 22, they say, well, you don't even own a 22. So you can't buy 22 ammo. Do you think what this is what the, the government should be doing? The gut, it's totally illegal. That's why people need to go outside the state of California, drive across the state line, take your wife to dinner over there in Reno, spend the night, load up with boxes of ammo, buy a gun, and uh, come on back across and, and go have your fun. Go target practicing with your niece, right? So now we've got just every every time there's new gun laws. So we now have a gun violence restraining order. If you if you have a, a family member you don't think should have a gun, you could take him to court. Like you used to be able to take a family member to court and say, this dude's mentally ill. And I don't think he needs to be in charge of his own going and coming. Or I think he needs to be <coughs> put in an institution. That used to be the rules. Now we got it regarding guns. Uh, now it says Californians, only Californians age 21 or over will be able to buy a semi-automatic weapon. That's a semi-automatic weapon. I have one of those. In fact, I got a couple of them. And he says, starting in 2021, all Californians will be limited to buying one of the rifles per month. There shouldn't be any rules. You can go and you can go and fire all kinds of automatic weapons, and you can only have to be 18 to join the military. And you can go kill somebody without without being arrested for it. You can go kill somebody. In fact, they're probably going to kill somebody over there in Iraq right now at the embassy over there. But here, um, they you can't do it till you're 21. A person banned from having a gun in another state can no longer possess one in California. Anyway, there's more and more and more gun laws. In fact, some of the law enforcement officials here locally in Yuba-Sutter counties have been banned from buying ammo. They went over there and did the background check, and they couldn't pass the background check. You think that's a problem? I think it's a big old problem. All right, we're going to take take another break here. Let's see this, our third segment. One, two, three. Okay, I got a little clip. I think you'll really enjoy it by John Stossel on tax myths. Be right Scared in case I fall off my chair And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs Clowns to the left of me Jokers to the right Here I am stuck in the middle 
People are going to have to start paying their fair share in taxes. Their fair share? Are you paying your fair share? What would that be? Do you have a specific on the tax rate? You know, you look at our tax rates back in the 60s. On 60 Minutes, the darling of the progressive movement didn't appear to have a specific rate in mind. But then she said... Uh, Sometimes you see tax rates as high as 60 or 70 percent. Suddenly, that became the progressive plan. I can support uh, folks at the top paying their fair share. 70 percent, 80 percent. We've had it as high as 90 percent. 90 percent was the top tax rate when I was a kid. And now Democrats say if we just raise taxes on the wealthy, government will have plenty of money to pay for all their wonderful programs. But it's a myth. What progressives don't say is that... No one actually paid anywhere close to those rates. No one? No one. Economic historian Phil Magnus says it's not surprising that progressives don't know that 90% tax rates didn't bring in lots of money. Uh, You know, who has the time and the interest to sit around and dig through that line by line? You. Me, I'm apparently the guy. He's researched old tax codes for over a decade. You must be a really boring guy. I I can be. (laughs) During World War II, America's 90% tax bracket didn't bring in that much more money. Because rich people found loopholes. And then, because the high rates discouraged work, President Kennedy backed a bill that lowered the top rate to 70%. The billions of dollars this bill will place in the hands of the consumer and our businessmen will have both immediate and permanent benefits to our economy. But it turned out that the 70% rate wasn't very real either. No one paid 70%, let alone 90%. What did they pay? A millionaire, on average, would pay 41%. Because when taxes are high, rich people find loopholes. Uh, There's all these deductions and exemptions and carve-outs that are intentionally baked into the tax code. Newspapers ran ads. Crews for free. $2,499 value. And basically take a vacation around the Caribbean. Uh, But while you're on board the ship, you attend, say, an investing seminar or a real estate seminar, and then right off the trip. The whole trip. The whole trip. Deductions became so complex that rich people, instead of inventing, say, a precursor to the iPhone, hired accountants to study the tax code. Who can afford the best accountants? It's always the wealthy. Today, the top tax rate is 37%. The top rate started dropping again after Ronald Reagan said 70% was outrageous. Our tax system could only be described as un-American. And the Democrats actually agree with them. Reagan goes to the table and says, let's make a deal. We can cut the rates down to something uh, closer in approximation to what we have today. And in exchange, we'll consolidate the tax code. Vacation deductions and other exemptions were killed, leading to a slightly simpler tax code. And surprise, the lower rates brought in just as much money. Turns out that tax revenue as a percentage of the economy stays about the same no matter what the top tax rate is. When rates are high, rich people sometimes work less. It's just economics. People don't work to pay taxes. Economist Art Laffer told President Reagan, rich people will evade high taxes. They'll change where they earn their income. They'll change how they earn their income. They'll change how much they earn. When they receive the income, they'll change all of those things to minimize taxes. They will leave the United States. And this not yet president pointed out that if taxes go up, rich people may move away. You haven't left. I haven't left yet. 
Are you going to leave? Big story if I leave, I guess. If I leave New York, that's a big story. Look, the rich people are going to leave, and other people are going to leave. You're going to end up with lots of people that don't produce, and then that's the spiral. That's the end. And that's what's happened in, there's some European examples. So France attempted a massive tax on its wealthiest earners. And what they found is the business people left in a mass exodus from the, uh, the country. But progressives are selective when they look at history. Under Republican, pres- uh, Republican administration, Dwight Eisenhower, we had 90% marginal tax rate. The government will collect more and do good things. Well, well, that's the claim, but you're asking for an economic disaster. So I ask the question, do we leave it in the private sector where the market decides, or do we subject it to corrupt politicians? I say, let the market decide. Of course, when the market decides, some people get really rich. And then progressives say, The rich get richer, and the poor get poorer. But that's not true. The poor don't get poor. That's another economic myth. We'll cover that in an upcoming video. All right, we're at the halfway point here today. Uh, again, this is the fourth, uh, July fourth. Uh, sorry, January fourth, twenty twenty. That's going to get easy to say. Twenty twenty. Haven't have you made a mistake writing the uh, the date yet? I haven't either. I haven't. Of course, I haven't written any new dates, but I haven't made any mistakes. I always make that numbers date. So there's all kinds of. Uh, 1,200 laws, that's going to affect a lot of people. You know, this is when the rationing starts, right? 55 gallons per person. Yeah, in South Africa that always has a big drought, they have a 50-gallon per person down there. But they have droughts. We have abundant water in Northern California. You know that? Most of the water uh, the government insists has to be let go and not be used just to go down and because they think the entire balance of nature will be thrown off and fish will die if 50% of all water doesn't go down the river. Now, that is just so so much quackery. They keep predicting, you know, uh, the end of the world, right? They said, you know, they they said the solar ice cap, the the northern ice cap, the polar ice cap was going to melt completely, and the tides were going to get so high that all the the housing along the the coastal areas was going to flood. But all these presidential people, Gore, Obama, they all buy these coastal houses. I think if they knew they were all going to flood, why would they do that? And then the polar bears were all going to die, but they're flourishing. And then, uh, you know, to me, I've lived in the Sacramento Valley all my life. The weather's the same. It just goes, you know, sometimes you have a little drought. Sometimes you have wet years. It's just a cycle. And yet they they create these desktop crises. And so we have an abundant water in Northern California. If you drive over the bridge, Either way, east or west, uh, you'll eventually come back and, and you'll look up in the Sierra Nevada and you can when you get high up off going over the bridge, you can see the, the snowpack. There's a big old snowpack. There's hundreds of inches of snow waiting to come down and fill dams if there were dams. But but they've stopped building dams. The last dams were built back in the seventies, finished in the seventies or late sixties, early seventies. 
And so the how much has the population grown? It's probably doubled since then. No extra water resources, right? Why? Because they've decided uh, they want to try to eliminate mankind off the earth, and so they pressure these judges and legislate, legislators to not okay any more storage, right? No more storage. It'd be like driving your car without a gas tank, right? You have a 30-gallon or 20-gallon or 15-gallon gas tank. Instead, you have a quart of gas, a bunch of quarts of gas in your car, and you just pour in a little bit at a time. Just crazy. It's just totally crazy what's going on here. So now the uh, Californians, even though the entire Obamacare is being dismantled one rule after another, California is insisting, along with guys like idiot John Garamendi, that we require everyone to have health coverage. Now, it's interesting to me that uh, you they'll all protect a woman's right to kill her child. My body, my choice. But then when it comes to other issues, it's no longer my body, my choice. In other words, my body, my doctor, my body, whether I want to have insurance or not. My body, I don't want to have the required health insurance that Obamacare offers or Newsom Care or whatever. So California will be required, all Californians, to have a health care insurance, an individual mandate, they call it, similar to the one under the Affordable Care Act. That's Obamacare. Uh, so, And it, it admits that it became inoperative the ACA became inoperative in 2019. You remember all the months and years that they fought over Obamacare and they bribed these Democrats to vote for it. And it was a total disaster. And Michelle Obama got her high school or a college roommate or college chum gave her the contract. It was a half a billion dollar contract to build that website that, that was constantly breaking down just a total fiasco. And they paid off the drug companies. You remember that? All to get, and the whole idea was to get everybody in the country covered with insurance. It didn't work. And people hated it. Remember all the lies? If you want your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you want your same health care you have, you can keep your same health care. They just are total liars. Penalties for failing to enroll in a health care plan will kick in. In April 2021, I won't spend any more time on that. There's a bunch of stuff regarding uh, vaccines among children you need to look at. Doctors can give you an exemption, but this is so much socialist communist crap. Doctors with five or more that write five or more exemptions uh, uh, to get out of vaccines after January 1, 2020 will have their actions reviewed by the state of California. Oh, just crazy. Oh, by the way, schools, how about this? You think, oh, yes, schools, yes, we want to trust our kids to go over there. What a dangerous place. You know, it just kills me. Parents just have, I mean, even parents that I've been serving God with for years, and they are the stupidest people. They just dump their kids into these colleges. They're just communist propaganda sites, and they— Twist their kids and thinking sex with a donkey's okay. And uh, 
says schools must update all their records to accurately reflect a former student's name or gender. In other words, if Johnny switched to Phyllis, then we got to go back and switch all his records to female records. No, Johnny now became Phyllis. He's actually was Phyllis all alone. He was just trapped in Johnny's body. So we got to change all that. This includes reissuing all high school diplomas, all GEDs, change all transcripts. It's just an absolute. It's kind of like tearing down all the Confederacy and Civil War statues because we it isn't because it didn't happen. It isn't because it wasn't true. It's because we just don't want to face it. We're we're so we're so sensitive and we're so uh, shaken by this whole thing. We just can't we can't deal with it. Now I talked earlier about <coughs> if Trump they're freaking out about Trump because they may have to go take a job. There's just so many jobs out there left and right. So we've got these new rules in the state of California that if you are an independent contractor, if you didn't work for someone, but you provide services to them, like you drove a car for Uber or a car for Lyft, or maybe you wrote articles, you didn't want to be employed by a newspaper, but you submitted articles to see if they would want to run your article. And if they did, they'd pay you for it, right? Now, all these people have to become employees, supposedly. So now, and also, these are all job-killing bills or laws. It's interesting to me that the government has been given the right by the people because a lot of you just simply stood back and ignored uh, and wouldn't stand up for your own rights and didn't vote, didn't complain, didn't write letters to the newspaper, didn't pressure your representatives so now we have things called the minimum wage (coughs) a lot of you that are so ignorant you never took an economics class you think a minimum wage actually helps somebody minimum wage actually hurts the lowest wage earners it's just the opposite of what it sounds like because what happens is the lowest on the totem pole if you want to say it the lowest on the rung of the ladder worker is the most ignorant worker or in other words, they just don't have the skills yet. And uh, I had a young boy that was an absolute idiot in juvenile hall. He had a bad attitude, always saying something stupid, disrespectful. And so he's been kind of contact me on Facebook. And his first contact was, hey, why don't you buy me a pair of shoes? I told him to go to hell. I said, go buy your own pair of shoes. Go get a job and buy your own pair of shoes. First of all, even if he was a nice guy, I'd probably I might try to help him out, but the guy was rude. So I said, go buy your own shoes and go get a job. <clears throat> I didn't hear from him for a month, and now I heard from him and said, hey, can you help me find a job? I said, no, go to one stop. He said, I don't know what that is. Isn't it interesting? People just stupid, and they're the ones shooting their mouth off all the time. So I said, oh, I told him where it was. I said, they will help you get a job and, and learn how to go get a job. <clears throat> and I said, you need to figure that out. Your job is to get a job. So that's work in itself. But now we have large employers, more than 25 employees have to pay a minimum of $13 an hour. What that means to an employer, but none of these people in the government have been employers, very, very few of them. 
not enough to make a difference. So in other words, they think, oh, well, we're just going to force everybody to do better by forcing all these employers that are making gargantuan amounts of profit to just pay everybody more. No, what's going to happen is that the lowest people coming in for jobs are the ones with the less skills. So what happens is is they say, I'm just not going to be able to afford to hire as many of those people because they keep raising the rate. If they said to the employer, you can pay whatever you want, do you think that that people would work for $2 an hour today, $4 an hour, $10 an hour, or would they go look somewhere else? Come on, people. They'll go look for someplace else. And even if a kid was willing to work for $5 an hour to learn a specific trade, who? why not let them? Why not let them? Why don't you just let the the kid or the the lady or the guy make their own agreement with the employer? You think everybody's too stupid to do that? You think some assemblyman down there that's screwing the back end of another boy, two boys having sex in the, the these perverts down there in Sacramento? You think they know more than the average person that knows I need at least ten dollars an hour, twelve dollars an hour, fourteen dollars an hour? <coughs> people can people will figure it out. So what right does the government have to come in and tell you anything about your business? They're not investing any money in your business. They're not protecting your business. They're not making sure you make a profit or making sure you sell so many sandwiches a day or get so so many paint jobs or or, uh, computer repair jobs. It's arrogant for the government to come in and tell you how much you have to pay your employees or when you have to pay time and a half or when you have to pay double time. Why don't you let the market set that? The reason is, is that people are socialists. They want the government to determine all this stuff. And when the government does that, people revolt against it. And they go, they try to figure out ways around it. The same way when the government puts a limit on how you're paid, pretty soon the employer figures out other ways to pay you, like adding benefits. It's a total loser. But a lot of the time, the people themselves in our in our communities vote for stupid stuff like that, thinking, well, they'll we'll force that guy to pay me one dollar more. If you want to work at minimum wage the rest of your life, have a happy. You're an idiot. The minimum wage will peak at fifteen dollars by 2023. What do you think would happen if there was no minimum wage? I'll tell you one good thing that would happen. A lot of young people would go to work for less than what minimum wage is, and they have no skills at all, and they would learn a lot of cool skills, and kids that were really aggressive would make a lot more money than minimum wage. I'll tell you that. But uh, you know who's driving all this, this minimum wage stuff? It's the unions because they want to force people into the unions. They want to force the government to hire only union people and only allow union people on government jobs. Do you think that's happened? Yeah, it's happened. Look up look up on Wikipedia. Look up the Davis-Bacon Act, just like the bacon you eat. Davis-Bacon, two words. Davis-Bacon Act. It was a racist act to block black contractors from entering the contracting fields uh, because they were working a lot cheaper than the whites, and they, they ended up doing the job and and it was a lot less expensive for uh, the owners of these buildings, whether it was the government or not, to do. And 
And so the white union contractors were racist, and they convinced racist legislators, Davis and Bacon, they paid them off to pass the Davis-Bacon Act, which is where we get the prevailing wage system from today, where instead of just letting the lowest bidder get the job, uh, now everybody has to pay prevailing wage. What? Where did that prevailing wage came from? It's forcing the guys that pay lower wages out of business is what it does. It eliminates them from the competition. So uh, let me on, go on down here. This is this is another deal that's just crazy. Why is the government involved in this? Californians, it's saying that they, now you might think, oh, well, that's good. It says Californians who take out payday, I was just over at a payday place, you know, those payday loan places. You can go borrow money or cash a check. I would just, I sent some money to Vietnam the other day and people were in there doing all kinds of wheeling and dealing. And it's interesting, interesting the amount of people were trying to do business with finances and they had no ID. It was just, there were only five of us in there. Like three people had no ID. Californians who take out payday or installment loans of $2,500 to $1,000 will see interest rates capped at no more than 36%. You think, oh my God, it should be capped. Why? If a person wants to borrow money and pay 100% interest and it's worth it to them, why not let them? Why not have freedom? You think people are too stupid to do the math? You think people are too stupid to do the math? People go out and pe- play the lottery. Do you think you think that's that's stupid math? People play slot machines out here at this new casino. You think that's a good investment of, of that's a good odds? Why not let people borrow whatever they want and pay a hundred percent interest? Maybe they're going to go out and, and turn some cocaine, and it's worth a hundred percent interest. Or they're going to buy and turn over some heroin, right? Or whatever they're going to do. Why are you? Why do you care about that? Why do we even care about how much interest people pay? If they don't want to pay it, they don't have to pay it. If you go down and order a taco at Jim Boy's, and they change the taco from four dollars and fifty cents to forty-five dollars, are you going to feel like you're forced to eat it? Do you need the government to tell you they can't charge forty-five dollars? What's when did freedom become such an offensive thing to people? Why would you have any rules on interest rates? If the bank wants to charge 150%, you don't have to take it. You don't have to borrow money from them. Go somewhere else. If a person only wants to pay you $5 an hour, but you know you're worth $55 an hour, you could go someplace else. As soon as you can get paid more elsewhere and they're going to treat you well and the, the, the guy that you're working for doesn't doesn't want to pay anymore switch jobs that's the pressure that's all as an employer that's the pressure was always on me when i recognized who the best workers were i wanted to reward them so they didn't want to go anywhere i didn't want to train somebody any new any anybody new it just you know people are just so crazy the market system is a beautiful thing to to keep people honest and uh, keep people uh charging What's fair? In other words, if you overcharge it, if you go to McDonald's, I don't know what hamburgers, uh, I don't know what hamburgers cost right now, but uh, say the hamburger was $5, right? And they want to charge you $55. You feel like you got to charge, there's no, that's the only food in town. 
I just don't I don't understand what people want. Why don't you why don't people stand up for this stuff? <coughs> now we have rent control. You know what rent control is? You think, oh, that's good. I they now they, they can't raise my rent. Are you kidding me? Now people people are getting evicted all over the place and then they're raising the rent before this before this law just came into being. So it limits landlords can't raise the rent any more than 5% plus inflation every year. It, it's going to backfire on, on all the renters. It's crazy. It just is. It's bad news. Criminal justice. Here's some criminal justice laws. They tell law enforcement, you, you only can use deadly force only when it's necessary in defense of a human life. So if we're trying to defend somebody's trying to kill a snake, you cannot kill the guy. Only in defense of human life. It's just law after law after law after law after law. Californians now have a civil cause of action against anyone who wanted to distribute a fake sex video or photo of their likeness. I guess that's protect Hollywood starlets when you you're somebody's advertised on the Internet. So-and-so, this new star, they have sex video, and it's actually an imposter. Now now they can sue that person. And finally, under, under laws of uh, civil and criminal stuff, California officials can no longer sign contracts to use private prisons for profit. Got people, those terrible people. They actually are making a profit off housing prisoners. Think about, I want you to think about all the prisons, the state prisons, and and you think, well, what is profit? Is a correctional officer at a state prison making over $150,000 a year profiting? Is all the food service people that are selling food to that prison profiting? (coughs) Is all the paint companies selling prisoners? paint to that prison are we saying that everybody that sells anything or are we saying that all the workers at prisons have to work for nothing or everything has to be sold to prisons at cost what in the world does a for-profit prison have to do anything if if people can put together a prison and run it for the state of california and it's a private and they can run it cheaper than what they can why not let them do it it's just this this kind of anti-freedom, anti-capitalist. It's just like, it's just sad that people are so ignorant they don't know how we ended up here in the first place, how we got successful in the first place. Do you think we, you know, Castro's been down there 50 years. How's it going for them in Cuba? Why don't somebody fly down there and check it out? Some of my friends have been down there. In fact, they're going down there in a month or two. They say it's rough down there, and it's the type of policies that the state of California is is instituting. Well, the state of California is looking like it's doing really good. Yeah. After all, since 1850, we've been having a free enterprise system until recently. Hold that thought. We'll be right back.
President, in talking about the continuing recession tonight, you have blamed mistakes of the past, and you blame the Congress. Does any of the blame belong to you? Yes, because for many years I was a Democrat. <laughs> it's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. I recall yet that President Kennedy had to go for days on end with very little sleep during the Cuba Missile Crisis. Is there any doubt in your mind that you would be able to function in such circumstances? Not at all. Mr. Truett and I, and I want you to know that also, I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes, my opponent's youth and inexperience. You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Your Twitter account... Only Rosie several... O'Donnell. No, it wasn't. Your Twitter account... Mike Debers, in his book, said that I had a short attention span. Well, I was going to reply to that, but... What the hell, let's move on to something else. When I go in for a physical now, they no longer ask me how old I am. They just carbon date me. <laughs> to show you how youthful I am, I intend to campaign in all 13 states. <laughs> this dance is the perfect metaphor for where America stands today. Look at our economy. Barely moving, gasping for air, and desperately clinging to life. Very much like Larry King. The only difference is, with Larry, we have a never-ending supply of gas. Never ends. I don't know whether you know it or not, but I have a new hobby. I am collecting stories that I can actually prove are told among the Russian people. They make them up themselves, they tell them between themselves, reveals they've got a great sense of humor. And they've also got a little cynical attitude about things in their country. And uh, one of these stories, the one I'm going to tell you, I told to General Secretary Gorbachev. And he laughed. <laughs> the story was an American and a Russian arguing about their two countries. And the American said, look, in my country, I can walk into the Oval Office. I can pound the president's desk and say, Mr. President, I don't like the way you're running our country. And the Russian said, I can do that. The American said, you can? He says, yes. I can go into the Kremlin, to the general secretary's office, pound his desk and say, Mr. General Secretary, I don't like the way President Reagan's running his country. If you're going to try, go all the way. Otherwise, don't even start. If you're going to try, go all the way. This could mean losing girlfriends, wives, relatives, jobs, and maybe your mind. Go all the way. It could mean not eating for three or four days. It could mean freezing on a park bench. It could mean jail. It could mean derision. Mockery, isolation, 
Isolation is the gift. All the others are a test of your endurance, of how much you really want to do it. And you'll do it, despite rejection and the worst odds. And it will be better than anything else you can imagine. If you're going to try, go all the way. There is no other feeling like that. You will be alone with the gods, and the nights will flame with fire. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. All the way. All the way. You will ride life straight to perfect laughter. It's the only good fight there is. I don't wish you happiness this new year. I wish you something better. I'm Randy Thomason with your SaveCalifornia.com Minute. What's the biggest thing that stops us? Fear. Fear of failure, fear of ridicule, fear of opposition. So this new year, I wish you courage over fear because fear is a top tool of the devil. So you must have greater courage. Do it afraid. What's more, I wish you stronger faith this year. If there's one thing you can do to turn yourself around, it's to read the Bible every day to develop the mind of Christ. When you do, you'll build for yourself a greater faith and a better character. Lastly, I invite you to sign up right now for free SaveCalifornia.com emails. You'll be glad you did because we'll help you stay informed on the battle for your values. SaveCalifornia.com, fighting the good fight for your values in California. Make a shift and you fall deep into a spell. Let your body talk to the All right, let's jump over and talk about an uh, article here. California's free community college plan collides with unfunded liabilities. So a year or so ago when there was a discussion that junior colleges, if you'd never been to a junior college and you could go for the first time and you took 12 units, you could go for free. I thought that's just typical of a liberal operation. One way that society manages its use of resources is that it, it assesses a value to them and you pay for it, right? So uh, say a head of lettuce is a dollar and a half or a dollar, right? Just say a dollar. So if you say lettuce is free today, what would happen is there would be a run on lettuce and people that only needed one head of lettuce would take three heads of lettuce. And so we'd run out of lettuce and not everybody would get lettuce, You get it? So when you put a value on something, then people take what they need in proportion to their budget, and then they come back and get more when they need it, right? It measures out the supply to the people. When you say something's for free, what do you do? You take extra, right? And so what's happening at the junior colleges is not many people are graduating from the junior colleges. They go and then they drop out. They go get the grants. In fact, I had a guy in in jail yesterday tell me, I said, how much? He said, I'm getting SSI. I get about $900 a month. I said, well, you can't live on it. You better get a part-time job. He said, well, I think I'll just go to college and get get a grant or get aid. I said, well, do you want to go to college? I mean, are you going to accomplish something? Well, I, I need the money. People are just going to college 
to collect the money and have no intention of finishing college. It's just a giveaway program. <clears throat> so, so I wondered, what's the what's the motivation for giving a free year of college other than saying vote for Democrats because we're going to give you everything free, right? Ultimately, nothing's free, but it's stupid people at the top of this government. So then I realized in this this uh, push that Yuba College has to add more bonds after we just passed bonds in 2006. Now, the argument they're making is, well, we've only asked for bonds to be passed one time in 50 years. And my question is, why do we even do it one time in 50 years? Don't we pay enough taxes to to support the schools? If not, then that's not my problem. That is the government of the state of California mismanaging my money. It's their problem, not my problem. I gave them the money. They screwed it over, right? And so it's kind of like I hire a contractor to paint your house. He says 2000 You give him 2000 He gets halfway done, and he, does, he doesn't – he ran out of paint. He ran out of everything. He says, sorry, uh, I spent your 2000 and we only got half the house done. I said, that's your problem, partner. Go get the rest of the paint and get it done. So when we started looking into why all, – where's all this money going – and then we realized that in the, in the United States, California is one of the few states, if not the worst state. People aren't wanting to go to you, the, the junior colleges. They're passing up on junior colleges. Why that is, I am not quite sure. I don't think it's the money. It just doesn't cost that much. <coughs> one of the reasons is it may not be useful. If you don't need a credential, if you don't need... Uh, a certificate like to be a nurse or an engineer or a doctor or a, or a uh, some sort of a science person or maybe even not you need to go through the police academy to get a certificate to become a police officer. Uh, if you don't need that, then why go to college? Because they're teaching, I think uh, two weeks ago, <coughs> I covered a lot of the crazy classes. Honestly, if I had a kid in college and he took one of those zombie classes or on how many genders there are or how to screw a sheep, I think I'd brain him, brain him, pull him out of college and get all my money back. But but I, I'm telling you, even Christian friends of mine sending people to these JCs and stuff that are just full of quacks. They're not like what were the people that were teaching there 50 years ago. There's no way. They're not even teaching the classic um literature it's just stupid literature most of the time spent in college is an absolute waste of time and money so you think uh, the reason they're giving it away free is they want a run just like if you gave toilet paper away they say tomorrow friday we're going to give toilet paper away free i'm telling you you would the, the population would run through those doors and take every roll of toilet paper and it didn't matter whether they were going to use it in the next year. They'd get as much in their arms as they could. And they're trying to have a run on the JCs. Why? Because nobody's going. We're spending hundreds and hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars, and and we got empty classrooms. We got classrooms. I've sat in them. Half the seats are empty. They're not full up like in high school. They're half the seats are empty. 
There's not the draw to college that there once was. When I got out of high school, everybody, it was a big push, go to college, go to college, go to college, go to college, because a lot of the parents had never been to college. They just came out of World War II. They interrupted their college, and now they're all going to work. But they said, no, go to college, go to college, don't do what I'm doing. But when everybody went to college, then come out and work, worked as a checker at a grocery store, and they had a four-year college degree. What a waste of time, waste of money, etc. Now the federal government is loaning people all this money. They end up with five, a hundred thousand or fifty thousand dollars in debt, and end up with no job at the end of it. That generates. They didn't even need to go go take it, get a, a four year college degree in sociology. What a stupid thing! And they don't even want to teach school. So the article says. Free community college plan collides with unfunded liabilities. Wouldn't you know it? When we looked into this whole thing, it says there's something like 76 college districts in California. And they're buried in unfunded liabilities. It's true everywhere you look in government, people. It's the same thing. You can just put a mirror everywhere and it's the same thing. Politicians trustees, boards of supervisors have overcommitted the taxpayer. I want want to ask you something. What would you think of a set of parents that, that borrowed money, borrowed money, borrowed money, borrowed money, borrowed money, and went into tremendous debt because they just couldn't get enough money to spend and left all the debt for their kids to pay? So when they inherited their house, Actually, the house was owned by the bank because it was upside down in debt. What kind of parents do you think you would consider those people? I would consider them derelict, incompetent. The Bible says that parents should leave an inheritance for their children. What kind of boards of directors or trustees or supervisors are there? that would bury a district in debt to build buildings and to pay off, pay off previous debt and to paint buildings and put roofs on. And then they going to drop dead and leave the debt for the next 30 years with their own children. What kind of people are those? Those people are reprobates. Those people are not competent managers. If you're a good parent, if you're a good steward, if you're a good adult at the at the end of your life, you should be handing over assets to your kids. You shouldn't be handing over debt, bankruptcy, crazy situations. We should we should hand over schools that are well-maintained. They're taken care of. I want to read you some of the salaries uh, that from were from 2018 at Yuba College. My computer is just like freezing up today. Jeez, crazy. My my computer is like not responding. So let me just back up and just say, if you look at, there's a website, and you can look up a lot of these things on your own. It's called Transparent California. And uh, TransparentCalifornia.com, okay? And you look up uh, and you pick out the county or the city or the community college or the water district or whatever, 
and uh, then you can uh, find out how much people that are getting paid that are working for you, that are working for you. Trying to get up here to the top of this page, and it just doesn't want to move. So what I look, uh, some folks looked up Transparent California. I'd never looked up Yuba College payroll. But there's hundreds of employees out there, right, in the Yuba College District. And uh, so the the chancellor or the top people in, in the college are, are making up around 300,000. My computer's frozen here. 300,000. Uh, and then you have faculty people like making 160, 165, 175,000, 150,000. Uh, people that are counselors, uh, they're, they're faculty members, 160,000 apiece, 300,000, 200,000. It's unbelievable uh, what they're making. I'm, my computer is just like freaking out here. So uh, let's see if I can get back over here. Probably not. Anyway, the you can look it up on your own. Just look up Yuba College, Yuba Community College District. Go to transparentcalifornia.com. Look up Yuba Community College District. 2018 salaries, and uh, you can uh, you can begin to figure out where all your money's going. And you think, well, how much should a person? How much is a person worth? Worth? How much? Why don't we pay? Why don't we pay Robert Bendorf at Yuba County a half a million dollars a year? He's a, a lot of people like Robert. He's a nice guy. <clears throat> Why don't we pay him a half a million dollars a year? Why don't we pay the head of Yuba College a half a million dollars a year? Uh, the fact is, every one of these government entities are going broke. Why don't we pay the head of a paint contracting company a million dollars a year? Well, why? Because he's got to write that check. And if there's not enough money in the bank, we can't afford to pay him that because it's a private enterprise, whether it's a corporation or whether it's a uh, sole proprietorship. So but when we get to government, we lose our, our mind entirely on on what we should pay people. We think, well, they're just well, that's what people earn nowadays. Well, it doesn't matter what people earn nowadays. It matters as how much money we have. How much money do we have? And if we don't have the money, we can't pay $300,000 for a president of a college or chancellor of a college or vice chancellor or vice vice or a dean or a deanette or a dean ling. Did you know that? They have deans and their deanettes and dean lings, right? They're like half a dean. And you have layer after layer after layer of administration. I'm just reading a book I got bought for, for Christmas. It's about how... The universities of America have been taken over by administrators and faculty have very little to say about them anymore. Well, some of the faculty, I wouldn't want them to have any input. They're, they're nutcases. But I also am not a favor of people that are just bureaucrats and push paper all day and don't know anything about education and, and don't know what it's like to be on faculty, are not, are not educators. They're just bureaucrats. And so... Uh, at some point, we just say, you know something, as a public, what we've, here's what we've said in California. 
for decades now, we've just been pay, we've been voting for one bond after another bond after another bond. You know what a bond is? It isn't like the marriage bond. It's a it's a loan, and those loans are for thirty some years, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And the payback on some of those loans for Yuba College is $12 for every $1 borrowed. <clears throat> you think you can do that in your own personal finances? Why would you, if you could do that in your own personal finances and you could borrow, say you could borrow $100,000, but you're going to have to pay back $1.2 million. That's 12 times, right? You want to borrow 100000 for you and your wife to have a really nice next few years of your life. But but then your kids are going to have to pay back $1.2 million. Do you think that that's going to show good for you as parents? No, what would show good to you as parents is if you left something for your kids and there was no debt. But that's just the opposite of what Congress does, what the local legislature does, Uh and what what our trustees are doing and what our what our supervisors are doing they are burying our communities in debt right now with measure k that we're fighting in court yuba county is now appealing it we won at the the uh, superior court level and uh they said it was an illegal tax that was passed measure k right now every month that goes by that's costing a minimum of, of taking $10,000 every single uh, month or every single day out of your pocket in Yuba County. Just think of that. That's like $300,000 a month. I want you to think about that. That money could have been spent for vacations Put your kids in music lessons, buy clothes for your children, send them to a basketball camp, send them to an education camp, buy your kid a laptop. Instead, because of mismanagement of government, that money is being abused and is being spent on pensions. Now, right now, I think it's over, I don't know whether it's several million dollars that have been taken. Uh, out of since April of 2019 have been removed from Yuba County pockets, Yuba County bank accounts, and put in the hands of uh, Yuba County supervisors to spend as they wish. And if they lose their case at the appellate court in the next year, they will have literally millions and millions of taxpayer dollars that were taken unlawfully. They were ripped off just as if somebody came in your house, put a gun to your head and, and emptied your pockets or went in and, and uh, took your checking account, forged a check and emptied your checkbook of, of a hundred thousand dollars. It's just it's exactly the same thing. They are stealing your money, ten thousand dollars a day, and uh, and they're going to get away with it all by the government. Now, when you say. When I say to you, you do not have to obey laws that are unlawful. You do not. You don't have to go get a gun permit. You don't have to go get, you could go out of, out of state and buy your guns. You can go out of state and you can buy your ammo. Uh, you can do whatever you want. I got friends right now that are house painters that go out of state and buy their paint products because they can't 
buy the proper paint products that work the best in California. They just they go, there's a way around it. Same way when they raise taxes, like when they raise taxes in the city of Marysville, I just don't buy products here anymore. I buy them in Yuba City, buy gas in Yuba City, go outside the area, uh, buy my supplies in Yuba City. There's a way to get around it, right? And so uh, California community college districts face total non-like, non-current liabilities of $36 billion dollars. And averages out to five hundred million per district. Of the seventy-six district, Yuba College is one of the worst, or seventy-three districts. Los Angeles Community College is is at the top. San Diego Community College is at the top, but little Yuba College is right up there as well. I think I talked about that last week. I'm not going to go back and do that over again. You can look these things up for yourself. I'm telling you, this these bonds, it's happening all up and down the state. And they're saying we can't live without it. Listen, they could live without, they've mismanaged the money. I, I, it's amazing to me. They can do this with a straight face. If I was running a business and it was going broke and I was getting a million dollars a year or even half million, or let's just say 200,000. And I had a bunch of employees that were doing a pretty decent job. But they were also getting overpaid, and then we're going to go broke. Do you think I'd have in in the in the private realm? If you want to say we're selling this item for five dollars, and now we're going to sell it for ten dollars, and so my customer comes and says, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! A latte for ten dollars? I thought it were five dollars." He said, "Yeah, but you know, salaries are going way up." And I said, "Well, how much is that salary? Well, I make a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand a year. Well, how much?" You know what I tell people all the other all all the time. I don't really care how much you make. I just look at the product I'm buying, and if I can afford it and I think it's a good value, I'll buy it. Right. So the other day, a friend of mine's a trucker, <coughs> and he he sends photographs of his payload. He carries all these unusual payloads. And so the other day, he was at a truck stop, and he he showed a picture of his breakfast, and then the 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 amount he was paying on the the expense receipt right next to it. And it was a huge breakfast, bacons, potatoes, eggs, uh, you know, muffins, the whole thing. It was just like a big old breakfast, a trucker's breakfast. And the price for that breakfast was half the price of what it, what we pay here in Yuba city, Marysville. And he was out in the Midwest. It just shows everything you do in California is a huge cost. Now what's, what's the value of going to Yuba College. Well, first of all, nobody's paying for it. They're giving it away free. So what do they care if the guy makes $300,000 a year that's running the college? And the guy right under him making another, like between the top two guys, they're making over a half million dollars a year. Two men. <coughs> and there's a whole list of them. What does a student care? He's not paying anything. No tuition. Who do you think's paying for that? It's those bonds. They can't even roof the place. They can't paint the place. They can't fix the urinal without floating a bond. Why? They sucked it all up. They sucked it all up in, in pensions and health benefits and salaries. Do you know that they're going to get paid that nearly that amount of money for the rest of their life when they when they decide to retire from teaching? 
hold that thought. Hey, I got to take a break, and we're going to come into our last segment. Be right back. Mother, mother, there's too many of you crying. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way. These days, all Americans are told, go to college. A higher education is the single best investment. But a new book, The Case Against Education, says this college push is a big mistake. How many thousands of hours did you spend in classes studying subjects that you never thought about again? Economist Brian Kaplan says most people who go to college shouldn't. I learned little in college. I like my friends and illegal drinking, but... I slept through lectures. At least tuition then was $2,000. Now it's almost $50,000. People usually just want to talk about the tuition, which is a big deal. But there's also all the years that people spend in school when they could have been doing something else. If you just take a look at the faces of the students, it's obvious that they're bored. And people are there primarily in order to get a good job. Because a diploma is a signaling device for people with... No more brains than you have, but they have one thing you haven't got, a diploma. The con man, who was the Wizard of Oz, hinted at the problem years ago. Doctor of Thinkology. Why'd you write this book? The Wizard of Oz already made the argument. But almost no one seems to believe it. College graduation has never been more valuable than it is today. Education is my top priority and by supporting this budget. You'll make it yours as well. Meaning taxpayers must pay for it. All the politicians say, go to college. And there is evidence. The higher you go, the more money you make. It's totally true that when people go and get more and better and fancier degrees, that their income generally goes up. But the reason why this is happening is not really that college is pouring tons of job skills into you. The reason is that it's impressive. You aren't saying you individual don't go to college. You're saying... We as a country are suckers to push it and subsidize it. Exactly. Just because it is lucrative for an individual doesn't mean that it's a good idea for a country. Because when most everyone goes to college, that just raises the bar. Imagine that you're at a concert, everyone is sitting down, and you want to see better. What can you do? Well, you can stand up. All right, and of course, then you'll see better. Now, it does not follow, though, that if everyone stands up, everyone sees better. You just block each other's views. The same thing has happened in education, says Kaplan. As more people got degrees, more employers insisted on degrees. The result isn't that graduates get better jobs. It's that employers require degrees for most every job. There are so many jobs where it used to be crazy to think that you would need a college degree, like to be a waiter in a fancy restaurant, where now it would be very normal. Of course, a college education is about more than getting a job. It's also about learning. But Kaplan says if students really wanted to learn, they would just do it. If you want to go to Princeton, you don't have to apply. Just move to the town and start attending classes. Nobody does that. In people's bones, they realize that what really counts is that diploma. Today, that's a taxpayer-subsidized diploma. And when you subsidize something, you get more of it. More students apply to college, so schools raise tuition. Tuition cost has risen at triple the rate of inflation. Schools use that money to attract more students and more tax money. Many compete by advertising luxury. They promote things like lobster dinners, fancy pools. Students will come to us and say, this is what sealed the deal. It used to be reading, writing, and arithmetic. 
And well, we're now the fourth R, recreation. 600 colleges now have rock walls. Give our Tigers spring break every time they step in to the student recreation complex. This is a public school. Taxpayers fund that spring break. We also fund years of study in subjects unlikely to help students get jobs, like social justice, gender studies, multicultural studies. So if you're doing computer science or electrical engineering, then you probably are actually learning a bunch of useful skills. But every year we graduate about twice as many psychology bachelor's degrees as we do engineering bachelor's degrees. Of course, there's value in learning psychology, philosophy, literature. Many employers say they want liberal arts graduates. It's technology married with liberal arts, married with the humanities, that yields us the result that makes our hearts sing. It makes us better, wiser people. But you can't assume that works. How many years of people's lives should they be made to study stuff when the odds that they'll ever appreciate it are one in a hundred, one in a thousand? Maybe it makes our brains work better. It's the kind of thing that you'd expect teachers to say, but there's a whole field of people who have actually studied this. Much as they want to believe that you're right, they generally come away after looking at a lot of evidence and saying, wow, actually, it's wishful thinking. Although Kaplan calls college a scam, he says it's great for a few people, people like him. I'm a tenured professor. Your audience may not realize how good of a gig this is, but a tenured professor cannot be fired for almost any reason. And you get a nice income and there are almost no demands upon your time. You just have to teach five hours a week. Well, there's people who consider that a horrible burden. That's a scam that we're paying so much money for people like you to teach five hours. Yeah, well, I'm a whistleblower. The bottom line of the case against education? Taxpayers ought to know that they're getting ripped off. Government has made a tremendous effort to make education accessible to everyone. And I say really what we need to do is to go back to a world where college is not so accessible, where it really distinguishes you. And in this way, people are going to be able to start their lives years earlier. The wisest solution, all things considered, would be if government just got out. It would be good if government got out of a lot of things. All right, we're at our uh, last segment today. And before I go forward, I got carried away. I, I haven't been talking. I got a couple things to talk about here about people that have supported us in 2019 that I want to thank. And uh, and the first one is my longtime friend Dave Greenitz, and he has Greenitz Construction. So there's two ways it, if if you've ever thought uh, if you're in a house. <clears throat> And you want to update it, you think, well, I'm not ready to move out of California yet, and I'm definitely not going to buy a new house, so I'm going to fix the one up I have because then we'll enjoy it while we're here. And then when we sell it, it's like top top of the mark, right? So this would be a good time to do that. And and you could uh, – Dave Greenitz is specializing in kitchens, baths, entryways, decks, puts in whole house fans, uh, gr- does a great job. And so here's way here's a uh, way you can check that out. So you can go to Greenitz G R E E N Green at E T Z 
greenitzconstruction.com. And you could check the website out, and you can look at before and afters of all these projects that he's done. Nothing's photoshopped. Nothing is stolen from somebody else's uh, pictures on the Internet. They're his jobs that his teams have done. Uh, when you call him, you actually get him on the phone. Uh, you're not going to get somebody else, one of his workers. You're going to get him. And uh, you can also go to uh, greenitzconstruction.com and then Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook. Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook greenitzconstruction.com or you could just dial him up at 530-682-9602 but you know if you just want to nose around and you think you know if you're new to town i have people all the time say hey who's who's where, where can i get a good good this where can i get a good that where can i get a massage where can i get a chiropractor where can where, who's a good doctor where can i get find a new mechanic right people are always asking and so uh, you can just go check it out for yourself and see whether, whether it just isn't shocking at how amazing these uh, places before and afters are. I, I'm just all – I see them all the time because he posts them on my uh, – it comes over on my Facebook feed. And I'm thinking, whoa, that is amazing. I bet them people are so happy. So, uh, again, you could call Dave at 530-682-9602 and um, – you know, remodeling your home, one of the biggest investments you'll make, kitchen and baths, biggest investment you'll make, and one that you're going to use. Like, I spend hardly any time in my bedroom, and there I'm unconscious. I'm always conscious in the bathroom and in the kitchen. So I'm always, like, paying attention to what's going on in there. In the bedroom, once I'm out, I'm out. I always say when I go to Vietnam, just give me a cheap hotel room because I'm just going to go in that hotel room and collapse, and I'm going to be out for a few hours, and I'm going to be out on the streets. So I'm going to be conscious on the streets, unconscious in my bedroom, so I don't really, I'm really not going to spend $100 for a hotel room. So dial him up if you want, or you can email him off one of those sites and just give him a shout-out and ask him some questions if you want to. So uh, you can... Uh, take advantage of that i would recommend if you're going to spend a lot of money you know some people are spending fifty thousand dollars thirty twenty ten uh some people are putting new windows in their home to upgrade cutting down on utility costs putting double panes you know there's a lot of different things you can do to really make your house you see like oh my house is kind of funky i think i'm going to buy a new house a lot of times what you need to do is just upgrade the look of your house or the usefulness of your house or bring it into the 21st century um, and put a new paint job on it and landscape it and you got yourself a winner right so talk to Greenitz and he will and actually when you call him if you get voicemail it ain't going to be voicemail very long he'll be calling you right back all right the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, my friends over at the plumbing doctor they help us here Greenitz helps us Elite Universal Security helps us stay on the air here. Plumbing Doctor, they're around the clock. You can catch them. They'll solve your plumbing problems, 530-671-9111. The way they do it is they just come in, look at the job, give you a, a cost, what it's going to cost to do that, and uh, that's what the cost is going to be. They've come in here. They fits a lot of minor stuff for me because uh, I live in an older home. But they've saved me a lot of money because I live in Marysville, which the water costs are very, very, very high here. If, you, if you're if you looking for a house, uh, 
or an apartment, you really need to look somewhere else. The water costs will absolutely kill you. You can make a house payment or a payment on your apartment for the the amount of water cost difference between the city of Marysville and the city of Yuba City or Linder Oliver or out in the county, anywhere out in the county. Uh, so you really need to look at that. But but the one day the uh, guys from uh, the plumbing doctor were over here, and they they said, "Oh, Lou, you should replace your toilets." I'd say, "Yeah, well, why why do I want to do that?" They said they're ancient and they use a lot of water. Every time you flush them, they use a lot of water, and we could cut that in by two thirds or something like that, and uh, and you could actually get a rebate. Um, and save a lot, you know, get money back just by uh, changing the toilet. Best thing I ever did, changed out both toilets, boom, cut way down on my water, got my got myself a $50 rebate per toilet, and uh, I was off and running. And it was because they knew what they were doing, and they just did it right away. Bam, they had the units in the truck, threw them in there. It was a happy day for me. So anyway, plumbing doctor, 671-9111-530 area code. They serve the Yuba Sutter counties. So, um, all right. Well, there's lots of things to talk about, obviously. We just have a few more minutes here today. But I wanted to touch on this is something that affects all of us, whether you're in Idaho, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Florida. I know I got some listeners down in Florida. It's amazing. I never thought I'd have anybody listening from Florida, but out there in Florida, we give you a shout out, watch the Gators and all that kind of stuff. So um, Rand Paul is from Kentucky. He's a senator from Kentucky. His father used to be a senator, Ron Paul. I think he was out of Texas, but Rand uh, was actually, I believe, uh, was he an op- ophthalmologist? I think so. Anyway, he's a medical doctor. And Rand Paul has been serving from Kentucky, and he's he is not he doesn't like us to go to war and fuss around with in all these foreign countries, and he also doesn't like waste. And I'm with him on both those things. I don't like to see friends of mine getting shot up unless it's unless we absolutely got to go to war. So you know they have the thing called Tax Freedom Day. And that is the day when we are now no longer sending all our money to government and the rest of it we get to keep. So in other words, from from January 1, now Tax Freedom Day is April 16th. So essentially, if you add up all your tax, all your money you earn from January 1 to April 16th, he's claiming that that money all will go to some form of government until April 16th, and then you get to keep some. Isn't that amazing? And we we started out like having a war over just a stamp tax and tea tax. <clears throat> so he says, Rand Paul says, he just he just added up fifty billion dollars worth of waste. Isn't that amazing? Fifty billion dollars worth of waste. They say that most of your medical dollars are wasted. Forty-eight billion of fifty billion dollars of waste. I can't even imagine a billion dollars. Forty-eight billion of of the fifty million dollars of waste is from improper Medicare Medicare payments. In other words, the government, just like the DMV, is unable to manage the business they say they're in. DMV can't actually keep track of all the cars and the money and the licenses 
and registering you to vote and wipe your butt. Uh, they can't they can't do it. They can't do it. They just are a total failures in the in the business world in the private enterprise world. They would pay. They'd put a sign closed out of business incompetence in the Medicare field. And some some parts of government want to put everybody on Medicare. Forty eight billion dollars in waste in Medicare. I can't even get my mind around it. Let me give you some other ideas of how the government's spending your money. If you ever think you're going to doubt me on why you shouldn't ever vote for another tax, ever, I don't care what it is, 1% sales tax, bond for schools, bond for children's hospitals, bond for more housing for veterans, it's all a boondoggle. Let me give you some of the things we're spending money on, according to Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky. This is federal money. We spent four hundred and sixty-six thousand, actually four sixty-seven. I'm just going to round it off here. Studying the mating calls of frogs in Panama. Another hundred thousand went to subsidize the movie industry in Pakistan. Two million dollars went to improve the television programming in Moldova. One point two million is went to study online dating habits. Twenty million to teach Lao, that's a language of Laos, to teach Lao to Laotians. Two point seven million in surplus military equipment for a Michigan town with less than seven thousand people. That's amazing. That's like given $2.7 million in surplus military equipment to the Marysville Police Department. I mean, I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic about our police department. I'm just saying $2.7 million for the Marysville Police Department. That's, they, they, they take care of 12,000 people, right? $10 million to promote green growth in Peru. $708,000 spent on getting zebrafish hooked on nicotine. I'm sure they wanted to study zebrafish, what kind of impact nicotine, whether they were going to tweak all day or freak out all day in the water. $22 million to raise the standards of cheese produced, not here, in Serbia. $16 million to improve schooling, not here, in Egypt. Now, one of the, except for the dating habits, online dating habits, every one of these, except for Medicare and dating habits, were in foreign countries or in a foreign environment like the ocean with zebrafish. And the question I would have along with Rand Paul is, why are we spending all this money in these other countries what you know? It, a lot of times, people say, "Why are we spending money there instead of spending money here?" My my thing would be, "Why are we spending money here, there, and not leaving it with the people of the of, of the country here?" In other words, why take my money and spend it for me? Why don't you just let me spend it? That was what the founding fathers based this country on. Let the people spend their own money. Why would we spend it in Panama, Pakistan, Moldova, Laos, Peru, in the ocean with zebrafish, Serbia, or Egypt? 
Why are we spending that kind of money over there? Why don't we... I'm not looking for alternatives here. Some people say, why are we spending the money there instead of helping our veterans? Comparing like a good cause with like a loser cause, zebrafish. I would say, I, 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 I wish we could put, I, I would love to see all the veterans picked up off the street and put into mental hospitals, drug rehabs, tiny houses, whatever we take care of them we get them we get them scored away i'm i'm for that but what i'm saying is why are we always looking for something here why aren't we just saying you know my feeling is i'm a much better manager of money than anybody that i've ever met in government i can outmanage anybody in those deals and i don't have any degree in it have i taken courses yeah i've taken courses in economics accounting, bookkeeping, accounting one, accounting two, public relations, all those kind of things. You know why I can manage money better than the government is because when you manage your own money, you're always better than when you're managing somebody else's money, right? When you're, when I give you somebody else's money to spend, you're always more generous with somebody else's money than you are your own. You're going to be much more concerned about your own finances and the way you manage your own money and not being wasteful, right? Unless you're just a stupid person and a bad manager, right? But that's not me. And so when I see these things, it makes me, uh, it doesn't keep me awake at night because I got peace in my life. But I'm telling you, it it does get get me worked up. It does have, have an effect on my blood pressure. So when I see these people at the county level saying we're just cutting our... You know, we're just working our fingers to the bone and we just are, we don't have any, any wiggle room financially. I don't believe them for a second. I, I, it's like Pinocchio with a three foot long nose. Don't even, don't even start. Don't even start there. It's baloney. So, um, let me just finish up, and I told you I'd touch on this, and I, I got about four or five minutes here. I may, I may stretch this show a little bit. Patricia Bates, who is a conservative uh, <clears throat> representative in the state of California from Southern California. My computer is like, we're not here. I'm trying to get down to tell you exactly where she represents. She represents the 36th Senate District in the, in the state of California. That's Southern Orange and northern San Diego counties. She's pretty highly respected, but whether or not she is, here's what she says about the DMV. She says, recent problems with DMV program stem with the motor, the motor voter program stems from legislature's two, 2015 mandate that the opportunity to register at the DMV change from an opt-in process. In other words, you used to be able to go to the DMV and say, oh, I'd like to I'd like to get registered to vote. But they changed that in 2015 to an opt-out. In other words, if you don't know what you're doing, they just automatically register you, right? That's an opt-out. This means the DMV must automatically register citizens to vote when they obtain or renew their driver's license or ID cards, etc. Supporters of the change knew the DMV was already struggling to meet federal deadlines for implementing the real ID, that's a new type of ID, yet they disregarded the warnings, right? They just thought, hey, they, they can just make it happen. Well, you know if you work with technology, that ain't going, that ain't going to happen. So in, in, uh, things started to fall apart. 
uh, in May 2018, a software error affected 77,000 voter registrations, which in some cases resulted in two registration forms for every voter. Four months later, Bates says they learned that the DMV transmitted 23,000 erroneous voter registrations to the California Secretary of State's office. They keep track of all the, the voters. Some were people registered with the wrong party. Others had opted out of registering, but the DMV added them as a registered voter anyway. They opted out, but they ignored it. The public then learned in October 2018 that the DMV mistakenly registered 1,500 ineligible residents, including non-citizens. And they found this out through a Canadian guy who was living in California and working here. And But they sent him uh, a note saying he was now registered to vote. And he thought, that's impossible. So he blew the whistle. He said, hey, something's weird here. And they then realized there was something wrong with the computer system. In August 2019, a state-conducted audit found that in just the first five months of the new version of of Motor Voter, the DMV produced over 84,000 duplicate records and more than twice that number with political party mistakes. So all you people out there saying, hey, 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 hey. I'm not a Republican. Hey, 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 I'm not a Democrat. Hey, hey, I'm not. I'm this. I'm that. I'm the other thing. Yep. 84,000 duplicate records and more than twice that number with political party mistakes. Bates says a few weeks ago, we learned that over 600 people in multiple counties have had their party registration switched after going into DMV to conduct business. In fact, it happened to the daughter of Senator Repu- Senate Republican leader Shannon Grove. I've talked to Shannon Grove on the phone before. The daughter of Shannon Grove went to a DMV office to update her address. She soon received a postcard notifying her party registration was no party preference. You remember I talked about this earlier. Even though she's a registered Republican, this has happened to Democrats and Republicans both. These are examples of why uh, Patricia Bates introduced Senate Bill 57. She says, my bill would uh, would return registration at the DMV to an opt-in process to give citizens more control over their own voter registration and increase trust in California's election system. If people tell you fixing motor voter is scrapping it or code for voter suppression, they are not telling the truth. Anyway, that's uh, Patricia's Patricia's Bates' uh, effort to uh, rectify a system that seems like offending everybody involved. And so uh, I I won't go over what I said at the beginning of the program, but you need to pay attention to what you're doing and get registered in the right party to accomplish whatever your agenda is or your wishes are. So uh, also, hey, uh, we just came to the end of the year, and if you still uh, were past the end of the year, but if you want to help trauma intervention, which I run, and we did two calls yesterday, first of the year, started off the year with two responses for 911, uh, you can help us. You can send us a check to trauma intervention, P.O. Box 645, Marysville, California, 95901. That means all the money goes to clients. None of us are paid. We're all volunteers, so that's tip. P.O. Box 645, Marysville, California, 95901. 
Or if you're an online, no check, you're a paperless person, you could go to GoFundMe.com backslash tip 2020, and you can give there. Thank you for listening today, and uh, we will be back, Lord willing, on the 11th of January. Oh, by the way, if you want to join TIP, become a volunteer, we're going to uh, begin training on February 27th. If you want to know more about that, you can go to our website at yubasuttertip.org, yubasuttertip.org, or you could dial me up at 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. We could talk about it. You need to live in Yuba Sutter counties to do that. Um, there are, uh, tip chapters in other counties, but, uh, I'm talking about Yuba Sutter for these dates of training. February 27th is the first night or the orientation. So, uh, if you're interested, give me a shout out. I can tell you all about it and, uh, hope you have a good start of the year, make some resolutions and, uh, just like change it up and have a good life this year. We just don't know how long we have. So let's just get it on while we're here. God bless you, and see you next week. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them. Sugar to kiss.